Welcome to the 248th episode of the Random Podcast from Heck. My name is Tony, and this is the podcast about random things in the world of entertainment, which includes movies, TV shows, and comic books. Something in my throat. Big shout out to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gman from heck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. Currently talking and currently just starting, uh, New Teen Titans, 1980, George Perez, uh, legendary, amazing art, Marv Wolfman, amazing writing. This is a series that like really kind of just cemented, started it all. So you can hear about that. I'll probably do this for, for a few weeks at least, and then who knows what else. But if you can't commit to monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to pay to, no, scratch that. You can go to coffee.com slash gman from heck, and you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or three. I actually had two cups of coffee this morning, so we'll see how, how that goes. Uh, this week, I last minute uh, change of plans. I, I debated what you know what I was going to do. I saw Top Gun Maverick. I got to see that early, which was really cool. And uh, obviously, Obi-Wan, two episodes dropped. I'm enjoying it. I'm digging it. There's minor things I, I, I could talk about. There's also Teen Titans Go and DC Superheroes Girl Mayhem in the Multiverse. <laughs> Try saying that all in one breath. <laughs> and uh, Stranger Things 4 came out. Seven episodes dropped. And I debated. I was like, okay, I'm going to see how much I can watch on Friday and do, you know, record all this, watch the two episodes of Obi-Wan, get, you know, try to, But then I'm just like, you know, I feel like this podcast is already going to be long enough, you know, with the two episodes of Obi-Wan and everything. So I was like, maybe, you know, for my sake and just whatever, maybe I'll just push that to next week. I know I hate doing that because I feel like, you know, people are just going like, to, I'm going to try to binge it all, you know, over the weekend. But I don't know. I guess that's just a way to do it because also I'm, I'm thinking about next week. I don't know if there. I'm, I look, looked at my my list, uh, my you know what of the movies coming out. I don't think there's anything big coming out in theaters, which seems weird because there's pretty much been something every week, and I don't know if there really is anything. I might try to go see Men, the A24 movie that I didn't get to see. What was it last week? I still don't know. I mean, as as much as I am personally looking forward to that. I don't know if that's going to be a big drop because, you know, I'm looking at, you know, full disclosure, I look at, at the, the download numbers and it's not consistent. So um, it's a little disheartening that, you know, I, I don't have like a core consistent audience and maybe, you know, sometimes people wait a week or two or whatever. So it's not, you're not like every Sunday night or Monday morning, you know, whatever. So I, I do wonder if does the main feature make more people compelled to listen right away or you know and i guess in some cases it might make people not want to listen if they want to avoid spoilers even though i put the time codes and everything like that i don't know so i just wonder if i say oh this week features men and some people are like what 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 are you talking about so we'll, we'll see uh so that's gonna be yeah i think that's and it's just a for my my sake just so I have a chance to catch my breath. You know, I'm, I'm still final weeks of school, you know, still, you know, a couple more to go. So let's just be, begin, right? Um, we've got all the other, you know, Flash and Time Trailer's Wife's the only, only other TV show, which is good. We have some stuff coming up this week, um, which I, I guess I'll talk about that. Well, what else was there? There's something else. I'll worry about that later. Because with the news, there was a new trailer for Thor, Love and Thunder, 
it's a little it's not really spoilery or whatever because you know the, the big thing as we saw and there's gonna i'm gonna talk about this trailer so you know just just a word of warning if there's spoilers on this trailer whatever so it appears that you know from the first teaser we see natalie port i mean we all know natalie portman is jane jane foster and jane foster's getting the power of thor mjolnir somehow and all that so you know when she appears it, there's like this big shock like you know Thor is probably like, what the heck is going on? Who is this? We see in this trailer that, you know, he's like, Jane? And because she has her helmet off. So, you know, it's, it's obvious. And that's a little different from the comics because when Thor, Jane was Thor and, you know, she, she looked a little different. You know, Jane usually has, she's a brunette. And when she was Thor, she's blonde. So, you know, it's not like just taking off the helmet. It's like, oh, it's just Jane more amped up. But whatever, you know, I, I, I do like the fact that Natalie Portman is playing, you know, that she did bulk up. And so I'm looking forward to that. But the tra- I, I cannot wait. You know, so what I think July 8th, that's it's it's just it looks it's like it's going to be so much fun. So I'm really excited for that. What's also apparently going to be really fun or what's apparently going to be very delightful is Ms. Marvel. So we know that's coming up in a, just a, it's not next week, a couple weeks. I, I can't next week. Uh, I guess a bunch of people saw. I I really I should try to get access myself, but I just I guess I got too much on my hand, or too much too much on my plate. People have seen. I think it was the first two episodes, and <laughs> I saw like uh, one of those uh, articles, which is always weird when people do this. But they do like review recap articles or like tweet re- you know recaps. And um, <laughs> there was like four different people. The show's delightful. The show's delightful. It's such a delight. The show's delightful. <laughs> so it's like, wait, um, are you trying to say that the show is going to be delightful? <laughs> and it also is like, <laughs> do you need a thesaurus? Um, obviously, there's they're not talking to each other unless you know. I'm sure people would be like, oh, Disney must have paid you, you know, to write. It's a delightful or whatever. It's like that 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 does not happen. Okay, these studios are not paying people to write anything that would be such a waste of money there is no budget for that anyways uh i'm i'm excited you know they're they're saying that uh, the actress you know she's gonna be great and I, I i do think we need this you know let's have something a little lighter you know it doesn't have to be all dark and you know so it's like let's have something fun and just embrace it yeah because it, it from the, the last whether it was a trailer or featurette or something like that, she looks like you know she's getting these powers and she's excited. You know, we know she's this this fangirl. You know, she's really into the Avengers and Captain Marvel and apparently Iron Man. Uh, so I, you know, of course she's gonna be excited to get these powers. So I, I think that that's that's gonna be cool and and fun. So we'll see. Oh, I did not mention. Did I mention? Yeah, no, I mentioned Obi Wan's. So the Star Wars celebration was this uh, past weekend. And there's a, a bit of, of Star Wars news, exciting stuff. Mandalorian season three, people have been like, when is this happening? Looks like it's not coming till February 2023. And you know what I'm going to say. Let's wait. Let's have it be done correctly. I don't want it rushed. So if they need, you know, because a lot of people are like, is it going to come out in the fall of of 2022 because you know it didn't come out last year but we had boba fett last year. we kind of had mandalorian anyways so i'm like yeah you know do what you need to do get you know get the writing done right get the effects done right just just get it ready and you know let's not crank it out so why not you know that that's totally fine 
So we have that, and we know that uh, Mando and Grogu, I, I guess they're going to Mandalore. You know, he Mandalorian's an outcast now since he admitted he took his helmet off. And see, that's the thing. He could have said, no, I, I, haven't, I didn't do that. But, you know, he's honest and everything. And there's also the fact that he's probably going to come into conflict with Bo-Katan because he has a Darksaber. She wants it. He can't just hand it over. You know, she needs to win it in combat. So there's probably gonna be some sort of fight or something going on. There was also a trailer for Cassian Andor, so that's coming out August 31st. I would have preferred it to come out earlier in August and not ugh, when I'm back to teaching. <laughs> I'm still teaching, by the way, so i got a couple more weeks. I think I mentioned it. Uh, the, the trailer looks interesting. You know, I, it's, 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 it's a little long. You know, it wasn't just like a 30-second teaser or anything like that, you know, but I feel like it doesn't really show a whole lot from what one thing I read, I think it was on Deadline, they they talked about it, where apparently the show is going back five years before Rogue One. And I don't know if this is right. The first season is going to be 24 episodes. Could that be possible? I mean, looking on IMDb, which isn't always obviously, you know, 100% accurate, but they list 12 episodes, even a 12 episode series for Disney Plus. I mean, that that's a lot. And there's already going to be a second season. Yeah, is, does that mean there's going to be a lot of filler? Not necessarily. I mean, if we're talking five years, you know, there could be a lot to tell. And you know, who knows? I I have no real idea, like where what the the scope, the direction of this is going to be. But if they're looking at five years, maybe there is a lot, a lot, lot going on. So, um, okay, let's 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 do this. More update on the John Watts Star Wars. I guess this is going to be called Skeleton Crew. What does that mean? No idea. And Jude Law is going to be starring in it. But this is supposed to be the show that's like a coming-of-age story. So I think Jude Law is a little too old to be coming-of-age, coming-to-age, whatever. But he's probably going to be like some random dude looking over kids or father, who knows what. And apparently there's... The, the parts, are, it's like inspired by Goonies. So it's supposed to be like Goonies and Star Wars. Okay. All right. I, I'm Obviously, I'm a little skeptical as, as I'm older now. I don't want to see a bunch of bubbly teen, or bubbly kids like, hey, let's, let's go on this adventure. Woo! You know, because sometimes it's a bit much as, as we'll see on, uh, when we get to Obi-Wan later. But okay, that's, that's fine. And, uh, uh, other kind of there's i'm sure there's wait, was there other star wars news but uh willow there's a, a trailer for Will, willow which is not star wars but it's disney uh, okay we'll see i need to watch willow again because i have not seen willow in forever it's it's kind of sad to think you know val kilmer and you know where he's at now and, and all, all that but the willow series could be be good it's a little you know my my thing is because of the the kind of it's not necessarily set in the old times, you know. It's I don't even know if it's Earth. I don't even remember if it's like another realm that we just don't even worry about. So we'll we'll see. But I, I'm 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 interested. I'll watch that. And that um, starts up on November thirtieth. And apparently, they said that Val Kilmer's character, you know, he will play a role in the second season. I don't know what that means. Does that mean you know? Val Kilmer, because I I guess he's going to be like, he'll have a presence in the first season, but he's not there. But he might be filming for the second season. I I hope. I mean, that would be awesome. I I just I I hope 
he's doing all right. You know, I, I, that's, that's all I want. Um, there is also an image for Indiana Jones 5. Uh, it's just basically him like walking over like a bridge. It's like very dark and shadow. I didn't like, I didn't like super inspect it to, are there any hidden whatever? I, yes, but I'm, I'm excited for that. I kind of don't want to look too closely because I just, you know, you know, I don't want spoilers, even though it's kind of a spoiler. Not really. There was an image of Blue Beetle. Uh, what's his name from Cobra Kai? So uh, it looks like, you know, it's it's a Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle. So it's like the armored form. And it looks pretty good from from what we see. And, and it should just look better once, you know, they polish it up and everything like that. Because it was... I don't know if it was officially released image or if it was like a leaked image because basically it's like taken from behind like a, a you know you see a camera like in front of him so you can't get a full look at him but you can see like that the top part of his armor and it it, it looks good so uh, we'll we'll see about that uh, I, I'm down for that um, also speaking of like HBO or whatever stuff like that uh, Fantastic Beasts if you have not seen Secrets of Dumbledore. That I believe is coming to HBO Max this week. Does that mean it's been forty five days since it's it's come out? Because man, time is flying by. So we'll see. Uh, going back to Marvel for a second, uh, Dallas Bryce Howard addressed. I didn't even hear these rumors. Apparently, there is rumors that she was gonna that she was cast as Sue Richards, Sue Storm, Invisible Woman, and Fantastic Four. I totally did not hear. All I heard is that maybe she'll direct Fantastic Four now that John Watts isn't doing it because you know she's she's done an awesome job on Mandalorian, the, the Mandalorian episode she's done. And I, I think I did mention that before, where I'm like, yeah, let's why not get a woman director? Let, let's go ahead and do that. You know, let's get some equity and all that. You know, it doesn't just have to be dudes doing it. I, yeah, at the at the heart of it, I say you know she'd be the best qualified person. She is is racking up. Uh, the resume so I'm I'm like yeah just do that she's she's kicking butt whatever but apparently at a I don't know it was some in Mexico City it was, it was probably for Jurassic whatever Park World the, what, I don't even know what the movie is, com- is called even though it's coming out soon so she was like sign- doing some signing stuff and someone puts a Invisible Woman Funko Pop in front of her and she's looked at it she's like whoa and, and you know she was surprised she's like no I there's She's so she kind of denied it, but she's like, "Well, you know what? I who am I to say anything? And I don't know what I can say." And she's like, and someone's like, "Well, just in case." And so I guess she signed it anyways, just in case. But that would seem weird to have her sign it, even though she has nothing to do with it. We'll we'll see. I I don't. I mean, she could be Sue Richards. I I I'm I'm like the worst at when people are like, "Who would you want to play?" And I really think it comes down to like what what age. And I'm not trying to say any anything about her age or whatever, but you know you you got to look at when you cast someone because obviously I would think Marvel Disney would want Fantastic Four to be like its own franchise at minimum. You know they would, would want to do like at least like three movies. So I really think you need to look at uh, how long because you know, with with the Marvel what are MCU being you know ten plus years, you know if if you hire someone that's older and i'm not saying she's old i'm not saying she's old you know you just have to consider that you know do you want someone to grow into the, the role or you know because h- how long is someone you know going to want to do it so that, that, that you know, there's all these factors you need to think about 
at at the same time, I kind of don't. No offense to twenty somethings, twenty year olds. I don't necessarily want them to do like you know young twenty year old actors being fans because that's kind of what we had the last time, right? If I if I recall, I don't remember much of the last Fantastic Four movie, so I I'm just gonna wait and see. I'm hoping for the best. I'm I'm super excited for the movie. I'll be even more excited once we start getting more details. So I'm just gonna wait. I don't even want to speculate. I, I I can only hope for the best, and I'm I'm sure we'll be dazzled, right? Tom Hiddleston mentioned he confirmed the quote unquote the whole cast of Loki season one is returning. <laughs> the, does that mean every every single person? Oh, we'll see, he was on a Jimmy Kimmel show, so he said that. So I don't know exactly like how full that is, but that's that's great, good to, to know, good to hear. So we have that to look forward to. Walter Hamada, so DC, Warner Brothers dude, whatever, he had some things to say about Amber Heard, the stupid uh, trial, which, and by stupid, it's just, it's it's unfortunate. I, I hate the fact that this is like such a public thing, like what they're saying, you know, to each other, what they've said about each other. And it's just, it's like, we don't, the public doesn't need to hear all this stuff. It's just, it's, uh, it's just kind of, kind of sad and, and kind of disgusting but you know she had mentioned how because of the stuff that Johnny Depp said that her role got reduced and everything like that Walter Hamada kind of he kind of denied that 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 wasn't really the case he said it was more because of a lack of chemistry between Amber Heard and Jason Momoa and he said that while with movie magic or whatever you know it, it, they were able to make it look like there was chemistry or something like that I've never really heard this brought up so much where, I mean, I, I get that, yeah, you would want to have chemistry, but I, I don't know. And even in the movie, it's it's not like it's not like they were like holding hands and going on a date or what, you know, it, it was this adventure fighting Orm, whatever, and Ocean Master and trying to, so I, I don't know. And, it, you know, is it is it all her fault that there's no chemistry? So Jason Momoa doesn't get any to blame. I mean, maybe it was her fault. Maybe you know, was she ice cold as as people would probably accuse you know the in the situation? Or could it be Jason Momoa? Maybe he had no chemistry with her. You know, why does it have to be all on her? And you know, I know people are going to pick sides. You know, they want to you know attack her, or maybe they want to attack Jason Momoa, or who knows what. But I guess. Uh, Walter Hamada also said that there she wasn't really there weren't really plans for her to have a big role anyways that the movie's supposed to be like a, a a buddy comedy with Aquaman and Ocean Master okay so I I mean yeah DC's trying to do the comedy and uh I I like the comedy I like the funny in the movies but you know DC's track record with the comedy it doesn't... Well, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I was okay with Aquaman. I've only seen it once. I only saw it in a theater. And, uh, you know, it, I was fine with it. I don't have, like, a strong desire to see it again. I mean, I would if... But, yeah, I, I don't really feel a need to. And, you know, nothing against Jason Momoa. He seems fine. I still... You know, he was good in his role and just the energy and everything he poured into it. To me, that's still not Aquaman, you know, I, and I know we've had kind of different uh, iterations of Aquaman's over a year, but I still, you know, part of me is like, I want blonde, white dude Aquaman. I know that's bad, 
but that's how I, I mean, not, not, not like take that back. It's not that I want that. That's what I picture when I, when I think of Aquaman and, you know, we've, again, we've had different versions. We've had long hair Aquaman, you know, harpoon hand Aquaman and clean cut orange and green Aquaman. Uh, you know, Amber Heard seems like more looks, appears more like Mira than Jason Momoa appears like Aquaman. So this Aquaman's a different role, but Jason Momoa has embraced it and made it his own, which is great because an actor, that's what you want to do. So as we look at it, yes, he is Aquaman. So I'm fine with that. I'm, I, I mean, I'll definitely watch the second one. I, I don't have hopes right now, but prove me wrong. I mean, I, I, from what I recall, I did enjoy the first one. You know, I, I think I liked it more than some other people, but I just don't really need to see it again. <laughs> Samuel Jackson has been cast in the Garfield movie. The Garfield movie to Chris Pratt, of all people, is voicing uh, Garfield. So I'm like Samuel Jackson. My first, my first immediate reaction is like, is he going to be voicing Odie the dog? <laughs> that would be absolutely ridiculous. But Chris Pratt as Garfield is is pretty ridiculous. Apparently, Samuel Jackson is going to be playing Garfield's grandfather. I'm trying to remember. I don't recall. Was did Garfield have a grandfather? Was there ever like a, an old grouchy cat? Maybe. I don't know. It's been years since I've read. I remember reading, like, getting some of these Garfield Digest books, uh, like when I was a uh, maybe in middle school or something like that. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. And the last bit of news. Oh my goodness! I'm so so excited for this. I cannot explain. I cannot. Uh, there is going to be. I'm also so incredibly scared. So it's just a conflict, con- conflict, conflux, whatever. Just a hodgepodge of emotions going on here. There's going to be apparently a live action Speed Racer series on Apple TV Plus, produced by J.J. Abrams. Oh my God, I love Speed Racer. I you know I I debate what is my all-time favorite anime is it gotcha man battle of the planets or is it speed racer i really don't know i love them both and and you know i'm talking old school anime that's what i saw you know in syndication when i was a kid i absolutely love those 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 two and you know speed racer is such a i'm not like a hardcore car guy i i can appreciate a car but there's just something about Speed Racer. I don't know if it was Speed Racer, and you know the the car was just so amazing. Racer X. I I think I I think I might like Racer X more than Speed Racer, just because I think he was cooler. Uh, but I just love Speed Racer. But then again, I also love Gotchaman. I mean, I'm dying for for in some sort of movie or something. Like that. I remember the the Russos were attached to doing something for a while. Oh man, I would love that. So uh. No other information on, on Speed Racer, but my goodness, uh, I can't, my fingers are so crossed that this is going to be be good. I don't. Uh, J, hopefully, J.J. Abrams has something cool in mind, and uh, you know, just the fact that he's producer. How like how involved is the? What does that mean? You know how? Because he's got his hands full. So man, please let this be done right. And I love the movie. the The movie is not a perfect adaptation. You know, there there's some designs of the car I were seemed a little little off. The first version of the car, 
and the the car physics was weird but once you embrace that and just the spectacle oh man i i really want to watch speed racer again i i feel like i just recently watched it i just love that movie so much and i would love for there to be a 4k release i I'm, I'm sure i've said this before i just don't think 4k could i don't think the world could handle a 4k release of speed racer i think like our eyeballs would just explode our heads would explode from just the visual intake of the glory of speed racer <sighs> and i some people just don't i think they just don't get it but i, I love that movie and um i love the fact that the news is over so we can get on with the rest of the show so that's the news for the week as far as comic books at Image Comics, there's Adventure Man number nine. I still need to get caught up, and I know I say that. Uh, it I don't know, like, what is the release schedule of this? I don't think it's necessarily monthly, but I I, I need to. There, I have no excuse. I just I need to read that. And uh, but yeah, that requires going back and catching up, and that that's what's that's my excuse, which is is not much one. Uh, Blood Teeth number or Blood Stained Teeth. Number two came out. So this is a comic by Christian Ward, uh, Patrick Reynolds doing the art. And it's a it's a comic about vampires. At first I was like, oh, it's a comic about vampires. But I, I do like the slight take on this. You know, uh, the, the first issue we saw, there's this dude, you know, there's there's like a hierarchy of, of vampires. You know, you have your, your firstborns who are basically like true vampires. And the idea of turning someone else into vampire you're not just supposed to do that willy-nilly like whatever you want there's this one dude who's basically been turning people into vampires if they pay him he's just like what he's like i don't care your reason pay me the money i'll turn you into a vampire you want your immortality or whatever and uh unfortunately there's this firstborn council and they find out about it and they're not happy so they strongly threaten him they're like dude you are going to seek out and destroy all the, I think they call them sips. All, you know, all these new, whatever sips that you've created and you're going to kill them. You're going to destroy them. Now he has to basically do that. And for his first one, he's going after this cage fighter this, and uh, who he turned into a, a vampire. It's like, and this dude, like, uh, his like a sister, whatever. He's like, are you sure you want to go over after this guy? He's like, you know, there's probably like easier ones, but yeah. So we have that. So I, I'm, I'm enjoying that department of truth issue 18 here. Basically we see Lee Harvey Oswald. He's like talking, you know, he, he meets with like the, like the Soviet union is like after the cold war, you know, ends, you know, and all, all that. And they're, they're kind of talking and he, he's not, not that he's gloating in, in the fact that like the U S one or, but there's just like stuff like that. And, and then, uh, this, the character, the newer character, Cole, you know, he, who's brought into the department of truth, you know, he's, um, just dealing with the fact of this world that he's in. And, you know, he, his, uh, um, I don't know if he's married his, 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 significant other you know he doesn't know the full scope of what he's doing and everything like that but he knows that he's working long hours and everything so it's interesting seeing how you know all all this plays out and just like what is a you know there, there's also mention of that starface killer that he had a like fantasy or delusion of when or, you know image when he was a kid and is that was it real was it created and 
So there's just weird, you know, levels of like what's going on here. Uh, Gunslinger Spawn issue eight came out. Um, I haven't been reading that. Ice Cream Man number thirty came out. Uh, Monstrous came out. Um, Magic Order, this volume two trade paperback came out. You should be reading that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> newborn issue seven how did i miss that i didn't uh i i'm enjoying that i did not get that issue i need to get that um but then there is radiant red so radiant red is like a a spinoff of radiant black so we're looking at, at the the red character and um just like the what she's getting into you know so she she's uh getting involved with this scheme you know she needs money and everything like that and uh it's a uh, things are could get bad so i don't know how that's gonna go then there's rogue sun issue four i'm okay with this so this is a series where this kid's dad died and you know he this teenage kid he's angry because his dad like abandoned him like before he was even born so he doesn't even know who his father or maybe it was like shortly after he has like no relation with his father he finds out that his father had another family had is it two kids? And uh, so it's, it's basically like, well, why did you abandon us? But then, you know, you could have this other family and everything. But he inherits, it turns out his father was like the superhero, this rogue son dude. So he inherits like the power stone that, that gives the powers. The other, uh, his half siblings aren't super thrilled with that. And um, so one is actually unleashing like villains that they captured it to try to is she, you know, and then the other one's like, did you kill father? You know, because maybe, you know, this one, I don't want to say which one, wanted the power for themselves. And But then there's like a twist at the end, which is just like, I didn't see that coming. Uh, yeah, there's, there's like another, this other revelation. So uh, definitely makes things more interesting. It's like, what, what the heck's going to happen next? Then there's Stillwater issue 13. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering where this series is going you know it, it's a uh, definitely intriguing you know because then the town of Stillwater, basically you're immortal you know you, you can't be killed but you also don't age so you know that that's also a factor and they're very very controlling over the residents you know they don't want anyone to leave because if word gets out they're all kind of screwed you know they're if scientists if government found out you know they'd be like dissecting them and trying to figure out like what's going on and so, you know, there's been lots of conflict and there was, you know, recently like kind of a, sort of like a civil war between residents of the town and who's, you know, taking control and leadership. And, you know, some people want to want to escape, but where could they go and, you know, what's going on? So um, definitely some interesting aspects there. Then there is also, uh, wait, what was this? Unnatural Blue Blood issue one. I didn't, I didn't check that out. Maybe I, I, I was like yeah passing that um yeah okay yeah that, that's um i never read these i think these unnatural it's a it's a series that's been around before i just it's it's never appealed to me for whatever reason then uh zombies versus robot classic issue three came out so i still haven't read the first issue of that i need to read that i have the first two at boom studios there was something is killing the children 23 so i'm i'm digging this I, I love this series and and I I like the little like um, origin flashback arc we had w was was good but this Erica character I don't there's something about her that you know 
I, I just really, I'm fascinated by her, interested. So there was this other monster killing in this town. So she's there and, you know, she's kind of working off the grid. And, um, you know, so she's what just cares about stopping this monster. But, you know, she's, since she's not following the rules and regulations, you know, she's kind of ruffling some, some feathers and stuff like that. So, uh, there might be another something other than just the monster that she's going to have to deal with. So she's going to have her hands full very shortly. At DC Comics, we had Action Comics 1043. I started reading this. So for the first time, I'm just like, I just, I don't care about this story arc. I tried keeping up with it. You know, so this is Superman. This is Kal-El on War World trying to liberate all the people awesome great you're you're a nice guy superman but it's just i i'm just i just don't care i i'm i'm not into barbarian depowered slowly aging superman you know with with some other characters just fighting against the son of the son of the son of mongol or whoever it is or so it's just i i i where, where is this going to go and you know the the fact that while I love Tom Taylor's son of Kal-El, you know, whatever thing, the fact that, you know, people are referring to Jonathan as, as Superman, I don't know. I mean, whatever. So I, I, I hope this arc ends and he, Kal-El returns to earth. And I hope that they don't just kill him off. Cause that would just be stupid with a capital S Aquaman issue four. I'm, I'm not, I'm losing interest in this. And part of it, you know, I, I like Jackson. I like in the beginning, but just his, this attitude and, and it's almost like the fact that he's younger. So, you know, he's being written as being more brash or, you know, er, not necessarily arrogant, but it's just, yeah. And, and Arthur teaming up with black Manta and these, all these sleeper agents and ocean master. I don't know. I mean, it, it just seems like it, there's like a, it takes a certain certain something to write an Aquaman story that interests me personally, and it's just I'm I'm just a little intrigued, you know. I, I will still like look at the issue and and you know try to see like what's going on in the storyline, but yeah, that's about it. Batman White Knight Beyond the White Knight issue three. I'm I'm loving this. Uh, it's this just whole White Knight Sean Murphy's corn you know version of of batman that he's writing has been great so you know we have Derek powers basically you know in charge you know things have been turned upside down in gotham he has terry mcginnis steal the batman beyond suit so bruce wayne he, he's been in, in prison and you know his identity as batman has been in revealed like long ago so he's he escapes and uh yeah, there's other aspects. I mean, it's just, it's such a, I, I'm just really enjoying this and seeing all the different characters and the versions of these characters. It's just a, it's just really, really interesting. So strongly recommend all, all of the, the White Knight uh, series. Batman Fortress. So this is by Gary Witta and Derek Robertson. And uh, I think the last time together was in an Oliver series at uh, Image. So both uh, very, very cool guys, nice guys. And it's it's a Batman story. What obviously because it's a Batman comic. 
not really sure what what's going on. I haven't like read into like the the premise of this, and it's it's kind of interesting. Like power goes out. Like what's going on? You know, cities in chaos because of this, of course. And Batman's you know looking into it, and then he realizes it's not just Gotham. It's like the whole world. And one of the things like it's come up a couple times. Like, well, we're Superman, and you know they haven't been able to to contact them because. Bruce has, you know, alternate means of, of you know, communication and stuff like that. You know, the, the Batcave has its own, like, power source and everything. But just trying to deal with the immediate dangers and, you know, protecting people. There's also, like, what's the bigger picture? And it's like, what caused this blackout? You know, is, is it something on a grander scale? You know, could it be... They keep saying exoterrestrial, which, I, you know, I guess that means outside you know and i'm used to extraterrestrial and instead of exo i mean maybe i'm just a dum-dum just never heard that before so we'll have to see where this is going to go it's, it's a it's, it's interesting and one of the tiny things that bothers me a little bit is like oh jim gordon's you know back at gotham he's a commissioner and everything so obviously clearly this isn't in like current continuity and it doesn't have to be so you know that that's totally fine but it's just it's it's just I find it so interesting that DC has loosened the reins on their continuities. Like they don't care. And, you know, maybe they shouldn't, you know, they're, they're focused on, let's just tell a story and let's not worry about the little, little details. And for some stupid, annoying reason, I can't, I keep getting hung up on that. I can't let go of that. But, you know, once you embrace that and accept it, yeah, totally fine. You know, like white Knight, I love that, you know, DC versus vampire. Love that. This is my favorite DC book right now. But it's just when you have these other books, it's like, wh- where does this fit in? And, you know, like like Barbara Gordon and Batgirls and Barbara Gordon Nightwing, it, it, I don't see how these two continuities mesh together. They're supposed to be in the same world. And, and even even like Nightwing, you know, Dick Grayson in Superman, Son of Kal-El or whatever, and Nightwing, they're both written by Tom Taylor, but it, it feels a little different, you know, because... You know, Nightwing has a handful in his own comics. Whatever. DC versus Vampires Hunters, number one. So this was uh, just like a, a spinoff issue. It's mainly dealing with Damien and you know trying to... Now that the the Lord of the Vampire or whatever has been revealed, like who's been you know in, in charge of all this, so Damien is trying to deal with things on his own. And uh, yeah, I just... There's just something about it. Um, this has just been, been such a fun series. Um, this was not drawn by Otto Schmidt, but it's just, I, I'm just really, really enjoying this. I, I, and I'm surprised, you know, DC and vampires, I'm just like, whatever, but I, I'm enjoying this. Deathstroke Inc. number nine. This is continuing the Shadow War stuff. So we have more Deathstroke. And part of this issue, issue because it's a Deathstroke issue, so it feels like, yeah, I like Deathstroke, but sometimes I feel like he's too overpowered. He's too arrogant. I get that that's supposed to be his deal, where he's supposed to be like this ultimate badass villain or mercenary or killer or whatever. But sometimes I, I'm like, eh, I, I don't know if I, I agree with that. So it's it's hard. I mean, it's it's just hard for me because I really like the character, but I just feel like he's too arrogant, and you know, so he's like, I'm going to kill Talia. I don't care, and you know, because supposedly his someone close to him was, was killed. And I, I, I question that. Is that is really like, you know how we feel about deaths. Like, are you really going to kill this character off? 
that you know you've just just been trying to like build up and so whatever and it's also the the fact that when someone goes after revenge you know they're like you killed someone close to me and I'm really upset by that. So I'm going to do the same to you. And if other innocent people get harmed, that's okay. Because I'm. it's all about my feelings. So never mind the fact that you're doing the same thing to other people that you're so upset and hurt and whatever about. I just, I hate that. I just feel that is so stupid. No, no violent hugs, not killing, murdering. Anything. I mean, yeah. I mean, we get uh, we have way too much in the real world, and I don't even want to talk about that. Like my my thoughts or fears, you know, in in the real world. Like, what do I have to worry about? Uh, Detective Comics one thousand sixty. So we have more with uh, the Riddler stuff. I don't know how I'm feeling about, but I don't like this hipster Riddler dude. <laughs> And I, I know it's it's supposed to be regular Riddler, but it just does not feel like Riddler. I that that beard and mustache. Where did you? Why? Why all of a sudden? It would just it'd be like if I suddenly I decided to to just sport a big beard. It's you've never shown any indication to even all of a sudden I'm going to change my whole look, my my whole outlook on life, and I'm just going to make this new appearance. It just seems like such a drastic change, and I'm not. I you know it, yeah, it probably happens. It just seems like totally out of blue that you do this. And, you know, then like what what's going on? You know, Bruce is also investigating some stuff and, you know, and who knows what's what's happening. Uh, the Gotham girl backup. I'm actually kind of enjoying it, which is surprising. You know, I was never like the, the biggest Gotham girl fan. You know, the, the whole story arc when they were introduced just seemed kind of weird. But I'm, I'm a little, little intrigued with with that. Um, Harley Quinn 15. What happened here? I did, I did kind of skim through this. I, but I keep saying it, you know, I, I love Riley, Riley Rosmo's art. I just feel like it depends like Cowboy Ninja Viking. Oh my gosh. I, I, I love that series and AG Lieberman. I, I, I'm so bummed that we never got the movie based on that. I, I thought it was such a brilliant concept and the art worked there, but for some reason, the art in Harley Quinn, it just feels like it, it's too much of a detachment from the regular continuity because I believe this is supposed to be like in regular continuity, which, you know, these days, as obviously, as I just mentioned, you know, who can tell? But yeah, it's, it's just, it, it kind of pulls me me out a bit. Oh, as I was reading Deathstroke and, you know, there, there's a question of who who is the real killer who was posing as Deathstroke? I, I, I figured it out in Deathstroke. And maybe it was it was super obvious, you know, it may have been, but I was like, I bet it's blink blink blink. And I that just that's the number of syllables. We do find out in Robin 14, you know, because it, 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 there's more of that. And so I was like, I called it, told ya, even though it was probably super obvious at that point. So okay. Uh, it makes sense. I, I and th- that's the reason why I figured. It out. I was like, well, this character obviously has uh, a big beef with with uh, Deathstroke and uh, with with Talia with the Al Ghouls. Yeah, I guess I could see that. You know, based off of things that have happened. But yeah, so I it it makes sense. So I, I'm I'm okay with that. Task Force Z, issue eight. Uh, I'm 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 okay. I like I like this series. I don't really know where this is going either. 
And, you know, my, my biggest problem is the use of Jason Todd and the fact that everyone knows his name is Jason or the, the fact that he's Jason Todd. I feel like too many people know it's Jason Todd. And I feel like it'd be way too easy to track down that, you know, he was living with Bruce Wayne for a moment. And, and we know that there's some tension relationship between him and Batman. And I just feel it's just it's it's too too risky and the fact that like he's even walking around like so many times this is a dude who usually often wears two different masks he has his little domino mask and then he has this helmet too many times he's walking around with neither so the fact that he usually has two masks and then there's so many times he's got no mask he has zero mask and there's those apart you know during a fight he gets punched and his helmet flies off. It's like, well, what's the point of that helmet? It's not really doing anything if it won't even stay on. But there's a there's some conflict between him and and the the others because he he needs to steal something from from Bruce and uh, yeah, so things get get kind of kind of awkward, whatever. And then there's Teen Titans Academy of fifteen. I believe this is the last issue, which ugh, I just. I don't know. I, I I feel like there's way too many students, like way too many powered kids, and most of these like I don't even care about these these kids. So it's like who cares about this? I don't know. So, the, and and the fact that you, you have you're you're planting a big target. Hey, we're gonna train all these kids in a giant T shaped building. And we've made enemies over the years, so we're gonna we're gonna protect these kids by putting. It's it's like yeah, no, that's not gonna work. So we'll see. And I don't know about what's going on with Shazam. I guess there's gonna be a Shazam series. I think coming in August. So I don't like his current status, and I I still don't know anything about this young Black Adam. I don't I don't get what his deal is, but. That's how it is. So that was uh, DC. At Marvel, we had Amazing Spider-Man issue two, which I hate the fact that they renumbered it. So this is really, I can't see what the legacy number is. This is really uh, 896. So if you look at that cover, it's like, oh, Spider-Man and Mary Jane, you know, what's going on? Because we saw in the first issue that something happened. So basically in the first issue, recap, Something happened six months ago. Spider-Man did something, and he's upset a lot of people. He's burned a lot of bridges. Even though, like, right before, Mary Jane's like, let's move in together. Let's, you know, let's take the next step and all this. And then now, they're, like, not even talking to us to each other. And what we saw last issue with Mary Jane makes zero sense. It's like, what? So in six months, that happened? Okay. And you look at the cover there, and Mary Jane's not even in this issue. I don't think she's in this issue at all. So this is mainly, you know, Peter and and uh, Tombstone, and yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's a misleading cover. So I was I was I was upset. I was like, okay, we're gonna get some information about Peter and Mary Jane. Nope, that doesn't happen. Avengers fifty six. Uh, so here, this was uh, more about Jane. There's some interesting parts. I mean, I you look at the cover. You know, there, there's Jane as Valkyrie and Jane as Thor. It's like, how can that happen? But if you've been reading, you know that there's a lot of multiverse stuff going on in, in this series. You know, we have the multiverse masters of evil or whatever. Blah. So more on 
And oh, and so it's not only only the multiverse masters. But we also have stupid Mephisto and the Council of Mephistos, the Council of Red, or whatever he's calling it. So we have all that stuff going on. Uh, Captain Carter issue three. I'm I'm not loving this series as much as I I thought I would. I mean it's it's good. I'm I'm intrigued with it. I love the fact that we have uh, Betsy Braddock as kind of like working as like you know sort of liaison kind of like partner with with Captain Carter. So it's interesting seeing her and you know like the question I've had is like does she have powers here? Are there mutants in this version of you know whatever you want to call it? So it's it's been interesting to see and you know there's. Obviously, a lot of potential government betrayal or you know double crossing stuff going on. So it's like, who can she trust? And so I, I, I guess I'm enjoying that. Devil's Reign Omega issue one. So there's some some good stuff here, and uh, you know there's more about the new mayor of New York, which I guess I, I won't spoil. There's a funeral for someone who was killed in during Devil's Reign. And uh, what else happened? Oh, there's, there's stuff about like the Thunderbolts, you know, setting up this, the series. And uh, there's a kind of development for Luke and Jessica. So this is there, there's a there's a lot of good stuff here. Hulk issue seven. I'm not um, I'm not super crazy about this Hulk versus Thor, you know, st- story arc. I, I I don't know. It's just. I, I'm not really sure what it is. I, I don't know how we feel about the whole Starship Hulk thing. I don't really uh, fully understand how that works. But then there's a fact that... And see, I don't want to spoil too much. But there's there's an essence in Mjolnir that was able to breach the Starship thing and threaten Banner, who's not really there. And and then Iron Man, stupid Iron Man. Oh my, like, Iron Man is so annoying. And he's so annoying in Avengers. It's like... I get that he's supposed to be like the arrogant jerk, but man, they're going overtime, really cementing that because he was because uh, in in Avengers he's talking about how Mephisto's like trying to deceive, to tempt him and trick him, and he's like, oh yeah, I I built, I d- defeated him in like you know the BC time, and I built a suit of armor out of ice, or because I'm so awesome like that. It's like shut up. Anyways, here Iron Man, he's like. When they they their last issue when they they figured out where Hulk was, he's like, "Well, I'm gonna go after him." And Cap's like, "No, you know, we're gonna figure this out." He's like, "Nope, see ya." He's like, "I'm not even here because he wasn't even in the meeting." He's like, "I never come to these meetings." He's just talking to them remotely, which is just like whatever. So, it was, but it was nice seeing Iron Man getting his butt kicked by by Hulk. Uh, Legion of X issue one. Um, guess what? I wasn't super crazy about this at all. And part of it is because Legion <laughs> is in this. I don't know what my problem is with Legion. I cannot stand Legion. I just do not like this character. I don't know what it is. But we have Legion, Nightcrawler. Night, even Nightcrawler lately has been... He's just felt like so different. Like It doesn't really feel like Nightcrawler. Just I don't know what's, what's going on with him. And just... Uh, yeah, these characters i i started reading it and i was just like man i just don't care i can't i i don't know i feel like it's it's great it's a good thing you know well we have all these x-men comics i feel like we have too many x-men comics but the good thing about them is is they have different vibes different directions which is good so it's not just the same thing with an x slapped on the cover 
but man, I just, I just did not care at all about this. Um, and it's just the characters. I, I used to love Nightcrawler. I don't really care for him lately. Just the way he's been written and everything. I, I don't know. And then that other new mutant character, what was her name? Not Song Long Shadow. I don't even door. <laughs> I don't even remember her, her name. Did they? Let's see. I don't even think they they mentioned her. Um. Uh. Yeah. I, I don't know. But oh man, I don't know what's going on with me. Uh, Moon Knight issue eleven. This was good. I I'm I'm enjoying this. Uh, you know, it's I can't say as a as much as I love Moon Knight. You know, such a, a diehard fan. I can't say that I'm a hundred percent loving this. You know, there's there's little minor things that are kind of putting me off, but it's it's still an amazing series. I, I I do I am really enjoying this. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything here, but this there's there's some cool things here. So I, yeah, Punisher issue three. This this is such a weird series. I don't know, Jason Aaron, what are you doing here? But I'm so fascinated. The the fact like Punisher leading the hand, uh, which is weird. But you know, maybe thinking about this, maybe this is a good thing because I think it was it was Mike Choi, you know, after after the the, the stupid and the, the tragic shooting in Texas last week, one of the things that Mike put on his Instagram is like, you know, one of the things that we can do as artists is not, not promote character like gun violence. And, you know, he posted like the art that he did himself. And, and there was like X 23 with a gun. And who else was it? I forget who else it was, but you know, and it's not like it was his choice. It was, it was when X 23 is in, in X force. So yeah, you know, do we need characters with guns? And and that's that's always been my 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 main problem with the Punisher is that the fact that he's just you know shooting and killing people. You know, he's judge, jury, and executioner. And yeah, he's killing evil scumbags. But it's like it, 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 that doesn't make it right. So with uh, Punisher being you know leader of the hands, he's been using more other weapons like blades and stuff like that. So maybe this weird. And a new design, which I'm not crazy about. Maybe there's something about it. The nemesis that he's going up against, I'm not really sure why this is. You know, this is a, a character we've seen before. And this character has, like, such a bone to pick with, with the Punisher. I'm, I'm, I'm just fascinated by this series. I'm so intrigued. I have no idea what's going on. And you know, I love Frankencastle. Frankencastle was bonkers. This is not not the same as Frankencastle, uh, but I'm I'm just really curious where this is g- gonna go. And and then there's Spider Man 2099 Exodus. Uh, my my problems here is well, first of all, this isn't really a Spider Man 2999 comic. You know, he he needs some information, and it's we we were introduced to. Winter Soldier 2099 or Winter Soldier 13 or whatever. So it's like, ugh. and then who does Winter Soldier 2099 fight? How about Crossbones 2099? Why the heck are we just getting like the same version of these characters, you know, 2099 versions? It just, it, you know, but, but then you look at that when you look at the original 2099 comics, we had an original character, Ravage. Created by Stan Lee, no one cared about Ravage. 
you know, they it was about Spider-Man, it was X-Men 2099, it was even Ghost Rider 2099, it's like all these Punisher 2099, Doom 2099. Those were all like interesting books. Ravage, who the heck is Ravage? Who cares about Ravage? Stanley Kratom, awesome. Still don't care. So we just keep getting these 2099 versions of the same characters, which just seems seems too trite, too easy. I don't know. The character is kind of interesting. I will admit that. Uh, you know, there are some differences, and and it kind of makes sense. Okay, whatever. But it just kind of bothered me a little bit. But it it was it was a decent um, comic. So I'm I'm curious to see. I don't really know where all this is going, but it, it was it was it was interesting enough. So. I will just say that. And I will also say that that is going to be it for comics this week. And now for The Flash, Season 8, Episode 16, The Curious Case of Bartholomew Allen. Because it's supposed to be a curious case of Benjamin Button. And they even reference that in the episode. So it starts off, Barry is headed to Star Labs, but you know he's making some stops along the way. Like He helps stop a bank robber. He switches a guy's gun at Jitters with the banana. He doesn't even like take him to jail or the police station or whatever. Because then the, the cashier's like, oh, is that all? Is it just a banana? It's like, whatever. Um, he stops this old lady from getting hit in a crosswalk by this guy's driving and texting while listening to Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. And the fact that this, he could have given this lady like a heart attack or whatever, he just like rushes her out of the intersection. She's like, oh. And then she's like, oh, saved by Mr. Flashy himself. And she wants to give him, he's like, well, I, I took that guy to CCPD, whatever. So I guess he's getting arrested for texting and whatever. She wants to give him a reward. She takes a little coin purse. She's like, no, no, no. But it's a butterscotch. He's like, oh, thank you. Chester keeps calling, whatever. He's like, oh, we're not going to make it. So. He zips to Joe's, and then I'm just like, Ugh. so Allegra, Chester, Joe, and Cecile, they're all playing D and D at Joe's, and it was Barry's turn to roll, so he runs, rolls the die, and it's just, so this is the thing is like, oh, they play Dungeons and Dragon, that's they're so cool, they're so you know whatever, I don't know what they're trying to do, and. But Joe seems like bored out of his mind. He's like does not want to play that. Uh, so Allegra is like dungeon master, and Joe he's just he's just not happy. So Barry calls for a break so they can fill their goblets because they're of course they're not only they're playing D and D, they're also drinking alcohol because drinking alcohol is cool. You know, so it's like all this stuff. It's like what are you what are you trying to promote here that this is the happiness, the key to life by playing Dungeons and Dragon? And again, I'm not knocking playing Dungeons and Dragon, but the way they're they're, they're making it like they're so cool because they play you know they're so edgy or i don't know what i'm trying to say anyways barry's you know he, he he's like yeah i get it you know it's a little different than regular family game night but joe mentions like yeah this has a 600 page instruction book booklet and barry's like oh i i read it in like two seconds i read it in two seconds and joe mimics him <laughs> and they, they talk about iris you know a little bit and he you know apparently she's still okay in the future so she must be safe you know she's going to come back at some point or something like that then Barry gets a text. He's needed at CCPD. So he's like all smiley. He's like, oh, Kramer's... He's like, no, it's not Kramer. So he goes and, and uh, Director Singh is like, where's he been? He, I think he's the chief of police or something like that. Uh, I, I forget what, what happened because it's been a while since he's he's there. But then 
he's like saying so he's like oh i covered for you you know when the flash was out doing this i said that you're out making copy or and barry's like oh kramer already knows that he's a flash he's like already he's like she was just here for like you know two weeks or so basically he has a, a case for barry which seems weird there's like some gamma absorption array thing that was stolen so barry he's like oh are you gonna do it so he starts doing a bunch of speed work, like looking through all the files and everything like that to try to f- narrow down who the thief is. And he figures that he, you know, he's maybe hiding around the shipyard because, you know, there's tire treads and this and that, whatever. So he zips over there, searches everywhere, finds this van. The the tires match the treads in the crime report, opens up the back because it's, it's unlocked. Thank goodness, right? The gamma ray thing is, is back there. Then this old dude in a white lab coat comes out of the building. He's like laughing. And Barry's like, hey, you're the bad guy, aren't you? It's like, oh my God, really? It's like, this is what we're saying is dialogue for the show. All right. So then uh, the dude causes like the device to send in the back of the van to send out this big shock wave that this blast like sends Barry flying and he gets like knocked out just like that. And it, the dude's like standing over him. Enjoy what time you have left. But I'm not going to take your mask off and reveal your secret identity because we don't do that. At Star Labs, Chester is using some like electronic wand thing to do a full diagnostic scan on Barry. It's like, isn't this like cutting edge technology? Why why don't hospitals have this? You know, you, you, he's all about sharing stuff like that. But but no, and it's also because Caitlin's not there, so they have to use this thing. Computers detects moderate signs of arthritis, hearing loss, osteoporosis, high cholesterol, and heartburn. Chester's like, holy Benjamin Buttons. It's like, shut up. Um, Every cell in his body is deteriorating. The computer says that he's basically aged 30 years overnight. But when they said it, I'm like, he sure doesn't look like it. And Allegra even says the same thing because he looks the same. But so Chester says his body's absorbing, you know, whatever stuff is going on. So he may look young on the outside, but it's a different story on the inside. And Barry's like, can we reverse it? And Chester's like, well, maybe, but I'd need that device. So Barry's like, well, I'll go back and search the warehouse. Cecile, who seems to always be there instead of doing any other actual work. She's like, well, is that a good idea? And, you know, because she's like, do they even know how this has affected his powers? So he has Gideon do a meta-analysis test. And they're like, let's start with phasing. So he just vibrates his hand, and there's a coffee cup on a cup. Star Labs coffee cups. <laughs> How many of these things do they have? He tries vibrating his hand through it, ends up knocking it on the floor. And then he almost like throws out his back trying to catch it. So he's like, oh, well, maybe we'll try something easier. I'll do wind arms. So he's sitting there. He looks like a dork. It's like waving. And I'm doing it now. So you can't see me looking like a dork. I'm spinning. So Gideon's like, meta ability decreased by 29%. So then Joe is sitting at at the, the, the dining room table. And seeing just like, he's just there. So at first I'm like, is he really here? Or is this like some sort of ghost or trick? Or he just, I guess he just walked into the house. No one else is there to let him in. But he's just, yeah. So Joe's like tinkering with like a a Roomba, you know, whatever, iRobot thing like that. I guess he, Joe's saying, you know, he's got more time in his hands now since Jenna started preschool. I totally forgot that Jenna's the name of their kid. You know, we never see this kid. So she must go to preschool all the time. I don't know. Barry does more running tests. 
And as long as he keeps it under Mach 10, he should be fine. Cecile tries asking again if it's a good idea for him to, to push or rush this. And then Chester calls in, oh, hey, guys, breaking at Magnus Labs. How many different labs are there in this city? There are, Central City has so many labs. It's like it's like the lab heaven for secret scientists, I guess. So we see that dorky dude walking out of the lab building. He detects, you know, this scanner says of high velocity object approaching. So he takes out some sort of like, I guess it's like a modified thermal detonator or something. And Chester, somehow his, the satellites can detect it. Like what's going on? He's like, oh, it's been modified. It's packing a serious punch. So their satellites can detect every, anything anywhere with pinpoint accuracy. The dude's like says that he'll be able to harness a super superpower unlike any wielded by a superhero. Flash is like, oh yeah, you want power? How about this? <laughs> Tries throwing the the speed lightning at him, and then it just goes, just like fizzles out. And then the the dude throws his pokeball thing at Flash, and Barry's just like standing there, like he's getting ready to catch it. It's like, okay, you don't even know what this device is. It's packing serious power, and you're gonna catch it. But then he misses, and somehow it hits him in the chest. Energy zaps him, and then he's knocked out again. Then And somehow he ends up back at Star Labs again. Chester says there's no permanent damage, but he's nearsighted now. And Cecile's like, why now? And Allegra says that that's not the only thing. So apparently no one noticed. He's got some gray in his temples. And he's like, he kind of freaks out when she hands him a little mirror. He's like, oh, oh. So he asks Chester to run the scan again. So now, apparently, he's aged another 10 years. The gamma radiation Barry cells is, is being activated by his speed. So he has to stop. He's like, well, I have to find this guy. Can't let him, you know, get away. Is, is this like an ego thing? You know, he, his, he claims this, like, so he doesn't do this to anyone else. He calls up the computer file on him. So this is Dr. Pytor, P-Y-T-O-R, Orloff, in the comics... He's totally different from the comics. In the comics, he I, I was like, wait, who is this guy? I looked them up. He was a, a speed scientist. He was a Soviet speed scientist in the comics and apparently was a creator of Red Trinity. I don't know who Red Trinity is. Or I totally forgot. I didn't dig that deeper. And I think he might have been a friend of the Flash, but he's not a friend here. So this Orlov dude in the show, he's a former technician at some small R&D lab because... Again, yet another lab in Central City. He got fired for using company resources on unsanctioned research, and and then Barry's like, "Well, I gotta, I'm gonna go find Doctor Olson." And Cecile's like, or someone's like, "You mean Orloff?" He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I meant." So Cecile is really concerned, but he's like, "No, I just gotta go or whatever." So then we see Joe. He's frustrated because he can't program the Roomba. And, uh, you know, he, like, tries setting it, it, like, sparks or whatever. It's like, yeah. So he's like, well, Jenna's just going to have to learn to do chores. Singh's like, I haven't seen you this frustrated since. Remember the Steve Palmer case? He's like, I, I think, you know, I insist. We, we need a, a coffee break. We need to go out, whatever. So then at Corbin Taft Industries, so I guess this is where Orloff worked, Cecile drives Barry over. And they're in this like file room. It's like, did they get permission to go in there? Or did they break in? Did they just walk in? I, it, it just doesn't seem like anyone knows that they're there. He finds a box conveniently marked Orloff, opens it up. There's a laptop in there right away. As soon as he opens it, it scans Barry right away without any prompt or whatever. And it's like facial ID negative. 
enter password to avoid data wipe. And he has 60 seconds. Seems pretty extreme. So someone's like, oh, is this my laptop? You open it and then you're not, it's going to erase everything. Barry's like, I have to run this to Chester before the hard drive is wiped out. So again, I, I mean, unless I'm totally wrong, it said 60 seconds. And now they're having this conversation. Cecile's like, you can't do that. He's like, but I have to get it to CCPD. And she's like, that's the second time you you forgot what you meant. Because first he said Chester, then he's saying the, the police department. He's like, that, that's what I meant, whatever, like that. Then she's like, okay, fine, whatever. He grabs her and they run. And they end up at the Great Wall of China. So you kind of overshot your destination by a bit. And then he's like panting and he's like, how do we get here? So back at Star Labs, Gideon says that Barry's memory loss will likely be a reoccurring event. Barry's like, oh, but I'm fine. He's like, you know, we don't have time for this. And Chester's like, you don't get it. If you use that much speed again, it could kill you. And he's like, okay, I'm okay. He's like, we have to find Orloff now more than ever. And then he's like, well, did you, were you able to save the laptop? Somehow Chester was able to stop the countdown. I don't know how he would have time. It makes absolutely no sense that he would able be able to do that. But he's going to, see, he was able to stop the countdown, but it's going to take more time for him to hack into it. Joe and Singh are talking at the coffee shop. Singh is saying that it's not his current life or retirement that's a problem. It's Joe. It's because he's set in his ways. He brings up the Steve Palmer case again. He's like, do you remember? Is like, It took us so long because you refused to learn a new CCPD computer program. So he's like, oh, but my file folders really worked. And Singh's like, yeah, but the time it took you to fill out those forms, you can be doing other things. Back at Star Labs, Cecile finds Barry just standing around the hall, confused. And then he just kind of walks off and she finds him because he was supposed to go to the Starkeyes and his like hands like kind of shaking with her. He's like, I forgot where the Starkeyes were. So now he's starting to worry that he'll forget his loved ones and Iris before she can, you know, he can get her back. And, you know, then she's like, you know, you're not the first superhero I've seen go through this. My grandmother was a badass. And, you know, it's talking about all this stuff like that, whatever. It's like, okay, that's not going to help him. Uh, then Chester calls. He finally broke the encryption code on the laptop. He says that the dude is a genius and all, but he's planning something seriously dangerous. He stole this energy amplifier from the second place, whatever, so it amp up the power on, on his device. And Allegra's like, he wants to make everyone old? And Chester says his research mentions some sort of like scientific fountain of youth or something like that. So he just wants to be young again. It's like, okay. I guess he's going to make himself young by taking age from other people. Barry, he calls up the security footage or whatever, and you can see that his hair is less gray, so he is getting younger. So I guess then he could basically become immortal, and all the people in the city would like age in an instant. So Orloff's device appears to be just about ready. He's got this big, stupid grin on his face. It's like, are you trying to make like a cheesy villain? It's just... Then this alarm goes off. There's a massive radiation spike. So Orloff just activated his machine because he like he plugs in the device. He's like, he's like plugging in. Oh, is this guy glowing and spinning? And I was like, oh my gosh, the, the machine's been activated. Can they slow it down? And Barry's like, no, they have to speed it up. They have to overload the machine. And they're like, well, how are we going to get that much power to do it? And Barry's like, I can do it. And then he uh, he mentions Cecile's grandma and how you know she, he wants to be able to choose to live the rest of his life, whatever. And whether it kills him or ages him to a hundred, he has to try if it means saving lives. And then Cecile, she's like, "Okay, then run, Barry, run." 
Oh, man. We haven't had that one in a while. At least, I mean, no one's been leveling up lately, but we get thrown with the run, Barry, run. Yeah. Barry finds Orloff. He gets there. He's out of breath. He's, and, he, you know, he, he's like, or he say, he says that, he's like, you can't, do I can and I am. It's Chester, he can detect the machine is fully charged now. <laughs> it's like, they're, they're super spy satellites or whatever it is. So he tells Flash that he's out of time. Everyone in Central City is out of time except for him, uh, I guess. So the dude, Orloff, hits a button and then he zips around to face the machine. He's got this dorky look in his face. He's like, <gasps> and then Barry starts running rings around it like he does so many times. And uh, the shockwave is like increasing. But Chester tells Cecile and Allegra that he matched the energy output and he's containing it. So I guess if he's going to overcharge it, it's going to have to be savage velocity in order to, to do that or whatever. Then this alert goes off. Barry's having a heart attack. So biologically, he's over 100 years old now. Uh, and then we see his face. Now he's finally showing it. His face suddenly goes, he gets like all old and wrinkly. And uh, then the energy waves pulls back in. Orloff's like, no, no, no. It explodes. He goes flying. Barry is cured. Ta-da. <laughs> and he's, he's like, are you okay? I'm better than ever. Orloff is back to being old and he starts crying. What am I going to do now? And Barry's like, well, my advice is to embrace the time you have left in prison. Then we see at Star Labs, Barry's like vainly, he's like looking in the mirror, looking at his hair. <laughs> Chester's like, not only did you become young again, you completely regenerated and then some. So he's like, he's not in his thirties anymore. They're like, how old is he? He's 29. You know what that means? 30 birthday party next year. 30 birthday party next year. It's like, I don't think I could be friends, handle having a friend who would always do these little stupid singing and dancing things. Oh my gosh. And a 30th birthday party. Oh, you're 30. Let's have, oh cool. We're going to have a big party. And and Chester doesn't even party. Oh, we're going to have a party and I'm going to have root beer one week later. More Dungeons and Dragon. This time Sing's there. <laughs> he, and he's talking to Allegra. He's like, what's your code name now? Whatever. And she's like, well, I don't have one. He's like, I never really thought about it. I, I, I kind of like keeping a low profile. Uh, yeah. So you go after, uh, what was it? Was it Blockbuster a couple weeks ago? Where she's out there in public, not covering her face up. Yeah, low profile. How many people are out there running? You're like, oh, there's this thing happening. When normally every, any other show, any other time, something's going on. People have their cell phones out. And she's wants to keep a low profile. Yeah. Then uh, where's Joe? He comes in dressed like a wizard. So he's he's been reading the handbook. He's about to show them how it's done. Barry gets a call from Carla, Caitlin's mom. And he, he's like, oh, I thought Caitlin was with you. So I guess she hasn't heard from her or whatever. So he zips over to Caitlin's and he knocks on a door, knocks again. Then he, then he just phases through the doors. Total invasion of privacy, whatever. He sees like the, the lab all set up in there. And I, I, cause I guess, you know, there's not enough labs in the town. So, you know, Caitlin had to, you know, make her own in her, her apartment. And uh, then she's like, Barry, what are you doing here? Cause she just barged in. 
he's like, oh, we were worried. Your mom called and said that she hadn't you know, seen you since the funeral and you, know, you haven't returned her call. He's like, what's going on? And she's like, I've been working on some stuff. And he's like, well, you know, you can ask for my help with anything. And she's like, I know I can, but, but what? Then he sees this thing. He like looks at it. He's like, what's this doing here? And it's a, the mirror gun, I guess. So she's like, well, listen. He's like, listen to me. He's like, the mirror gun split Frost and me into two people once. It took her from my subconscious and gave her a body. So she's been running tests over and over again. And there might still be a piece of Frost inside her. So if she can access this piece, she, she can probably bring her back. And Barry's, Barry's just like silent. And she's like, I know what you're thinking. And he's like, imagine if it wasn't Frost and we could bring your mom back or your dad. And he's like, Caitlin, losing someone you love can make it really hard to move on. But as difficult as it is, you just have to accept that Frost is gone and that she's not coming back. Caitlin's like, but I don't want to. And he's like, I know. He's like, this is the only way to start living again. She's like, well, I can do this. Yeah, I have to. And Barry's like, I'm sorry. And then he starts like energizing up and he blasts everything into place. And she's like crying out in anguish. It's like, what a freaking jerk. She, he just totally like blew up everything in her apartment. There's like things like little, little fires smoking and who knows what damage that he's done to her, like her paint on the walls or just anything. And she's just like looking at him and he takes the mirror gun. He's like, I'm sorry. And then he zips off and like frost flannel, like hits the floor and, and Caitlin just like stares. It's uh, okay. And yet if something were to happen to, to Iris, I'm sure he would do whatever he could to get her back. Cause he's just an hypocrite, whatever. And the show's off for a couple weeks. It's back on June 8th, <laughs> but this uh, week. So next week we'll have Superman Lois coming back. So we'll have that. But man, Barry, you're such a jerk. That's all, all I have to say about him. <laughs> okay, with the Time Traveler's Wife, episode two. Man, this this episode was a uh, was a little emotional. Uh, it's kind of interesting, and uh, you know, as as I mentioned last week, I've read the book, I watched the movie, I've just forgotten. I mean, it's been a while, and I don't know if it's going like a hundred percent based off of the book. Uh, they could be elaborating and expanding and, but yeah, there, uh, it was a good episode. I'm, I'm really, really enjoying the show. So it starts off, you know, cause uh, Claire and Henry, they're like narrating to someone, to us or whatever about what's going on. So Claire mentions how Henry can go anywhere in time, you know, past or future, but usually in his, his timeline, we see him running like naked down the street, being chased by like squad cars, and he appears in another museum. And there's this girl who looks at him, whatever. And then it's like there was, this part was weird, and and it, the girl was kind of in the shadows. Like, is he visiting Claire somewhere outside of out you know the the field behind her her family home, or or is this something else? Which I won't even that I'm not going to say anything more about that. And and then uh, we we see there's like, he appears like other places. Like um, what's up? The big bean. I don't know if actually, no, it must be Chicago. The, I forget what the, the big shiny statue. I don't think it's, it's a bean, but he appears there. There's a bunch of people like kids in there, like screaming because there's this naked dude in here. Then he's like in other places, like uh, he's in this cage and get, like, you know, getting zapped by like a big cattle prod thing or whatever. And, uh, 
But then he's like, Christmas is the worst. So then we see, this part was bad. We see Henry age eight. And, you know, then Claire like mentions there's times and days where he keeps going, that he keeps going back to, you know, he doesn't mean to, but he can't help it. There's one day in particular. So we see Henry and his mom, you know, she's like, we have to pick up dad from the airport. It's snowing outside. And then, you know, they're so they're in the car. Henry, age 24, walks by his mom scraping snow off the car. And then, you know, he just kind of like looks at her as he walks by. Claire says that she always knows when he comes back from there by the look on his face. You know, that's what she's saying in, in the present, whatever. So as the car is driving, we see 24 is like walking down the street further. And then we see Henry, age 38, in a phone booth. And then there's Henry, 39, in the cab going the other way. And then she turns this corner and they're like, there's Henry 23 walking on the sidewalk. So, so far we have eight in the car, 24, 38, 39, 23. So then they're behind his pickup truck. And then, you know, something's happening because there's like this sheet of metal that's, that's kind of like, uh, you know, bouncing in the back, you know, it's, it's like strapped in there. So it's like, okay, something's going to happen. Then Henry age 22 is watching from a covered overpass. 34 is watching maybe from a parking garage or something like that. And I think we're at like seven different Henry's now. Then there's a, there's this Camaro. It's driving way too fast. So something's going to happen. Traffic stops them, you know, so, you know, Henry's mom stops or whatever. And then the Camaro slams in the back of their car the, their car goes up, hits the, the the pickup truck. The sheet and metal goes flying out into the windshield, and then Henry, age eight, appears outside on the street naked, and he has this like big kind of like cut on his forehead, and then he watches his mom drive by like moments before they just got in an accident. And older Henry wraps a blanket around him, tells him just he just traveled back in time. To, um, as soon as they were hit, he's like, it was like reflex was, you know, it was, it was all in your body. All your body had time to do. So he tells me, he's like, I know you're going to, but you don't have to look crash metal cr- car crunching. Uh, they show like the back of the windshield, whoosh, big splatter of blood in the back windshield. And then Henry age eight yells out, mom and older Henry's like, you're about to go back. And then poof, he's gone in the back seat. He's like, sitting in the back seat and there's like the, the metal sheets there and he's like calling out to his mom he keeps calling and then there's just lots of henry's just like all over the place there's there's like a, a total of 20 different henry's at least so then we see six-year-old claire she runs out to her meeting place she takes the clothes out of the box you know um hidden under the box and under the rock they have like snack they play checkers so he's 31 she's six she asks if he has a mom and dad and he's like yeah sure everyone does and she's like what are they like uh, you know, and then he's like, oh, they're great, whatever. And she's like, what do they do? And he's like, well, my dad plays the violin and my mom was a singer. So Claire's like, you know, she's an inquisitive little kid. She's like, why Why did she stop? And he's like, what do you what? Because she noticed he said she was a singer. So he's like, oh, I meant to say she is. And then she's like, are you okay? She's like, you look sad. And he said that, you know, the good, he's like, well, being sad isn't always a bad thing. He's like, the good thing about being sad is, is you can get to know a person because I guess that's, you know, you find out what really makes them sad or whatever because, you know, anyone can be happy type of thing, whatever. Then she asked, you know, why is he sad? Is it because his mom stopped singing? He says that he'll explain someday, not today. Then she's like, well, when? He's like, he thinks about it. He's like, when a green man gives you a banana coffee on the shores of Lake Como. And she's like, you're just being silly. You're teasing. He's like, no, no, whatever. Then, beats her at checkers and she's like you're an a-hole 
and and then Henry 28, Clara 20, uh, age 20, they're like on a train. She calls him an a-hole again. And they're like not even sitting together. And he's like, what I do? He's like, I'm just sitting here. Because she thinks he was looking at this other woman. Maybe he was, whatever. And then she's like, and it's weird because they're, they're kind of are talking like over a row. There's like a you know row, someone sitting in between them. And she's like, why is it always blondes? And he's like, well, my girlfriend's blonde. It's it's my way of saying faithful. Then she will, she's like, well, theoretically, I'm your girlfriend. And he's like, according to you, you're my girlfriend. And she says, according to you. So he says, you know, no, it's according to my future self. And he says, he's like, I don't trust that guy. He's like, you've seen him, whatever. And then, then she's like, why, what are we even doing today? He's like, second date, lunch. And she's like, why lunch? He says that he's hoping it'll allow some conversation before they get drunk and have sex again. And he's like, isn't that how relationships work, whatever? And she questions, she's like, are we even in one? And he says, like, well, the future says that we are, and you can't fight that. So she asks, has he ever you know, tried fighting the future? And he's like, of course I have. So then she just gets up. She's like, well, I'm getting off. She gets off the train, whatever, and he follows. And she says that you know, she got off the train because it was her choice and to hell with what the future says. And she's like, you know, she's like, why are you following me? She's like, why aren't you fighting back? And he's like, because this is our stop. He's like, we were always meant to get off here. And he, he's like, you know, whatever you decide to do, you're going to do it anyways. And she's like, no. So he says that, you know, he's tried to, tr- to change it. He's like, trust me. So she asks him, she's like, where are you supposed to lunch? And he points out a place. He's like, right over there. Then she's like, see that diner across the street? She's like, I'm going over there. And she's like, this is my way of changing the future. Inside, a waiter, you see a green hand, gives her a banana latte. And she starts saying, she's like, I didn't order one. And then she just like stops. And she looks at the dude. His face is like painted green. And then she looks at, there's a painting on the wall. She's like, is that Lake Como? And he's like, I believe so. Then uh, she's like, they're like, why are you green? And he says that because he drank the coffee. And they're like looking at him. He's like, oh, I was just joking. He's like, no, I'm a children's entertainer. He's like, later today, I'm in a state of readiness. Then Henry's like, well, you didn't order banana latte. And she's like, it doesn't matter. It's inevitable. So she looks him in the face and she's like, I've been horrible to you. And he's like, yeah, you have. And she's like, well, you've been pretty poopy yourself, you know, but yeah, I've been horrible. So she's like, why are you even here? And he said that most of what time travel tells him is terrifying. He knows that really bad stuff is coming. He knows that he's going to be frightened and bleeding and that one day he's not going to survive it. The only thing it taught him that wasn't terrifying was that one day somehow in the future, he's going to be married to a phenomenal redhead. Then she's like, Oh, I'm so thrilled to be identified by my hair type. And then he's like, yeah, a redhead who hates me. Something like that. So she says, she's like, well, I, I don't hate you. And she's like, well, yeah, I do, but it's a good kind of, she's like, you know, I can't help myself for just like wanting you right now. It's like my libido formed around you. So she's like, she says she grew up fantasizing about him. You know, he is literally a younger, hotter version of the man of her dreams. So he's a personification of everything that she wants, that of what he conditioned her to want. So this is something that I've been kind of thinking about. And I really think about the first time. It's like, did he groom her? Because like technically... You know, just by being there and uh, I don't know. So she says that there's only one small detail that's wrong with him, that he's not somebody else. He's not the, the future Henry, whatever. And, uh, you know, so he realized what, what she's talking about. And he says, it's like, yeah, I'm not him. And she's like, I can't be him. It's like, he's a guy that you turn me into. And it's too complicated to think about that. He says that they should just go back to plan A to get drunk and have sex. 
she thinks back and then she asks him, she's like, what makes you sad? And, she, you know, she says that she needs to know him to understand. He's like, what are you talking about? So he, he doesn't know what to say. Then she's like, why did your mom stop singing? And now he's like really caught off guard. She says that this is a day that he tells her what makes him sad. He wouldn't before. And now he's going to. So we see like flashes of her singing like opera on stage. Then he's like, what's it matter? And she says that, well, if we're getting married, you know, and he's like, yeah, she was a singer. And he says her name and she actually recognizes it. She's like, my parents loved her. And then she's like, didn't she? And he's like, yeah, she's dead. And she's, she's like, it was like a car accident. She was with her son. She was. And then he's like, I think the word that you're, you're currently avoiding is decapitated. She like holds his hand on the table and he's like, oh, I got tragedy now. So suddenly you like me. And she's like, he was so young and she supposes that he doesn't remember her so well. And he's like, you're really not thinking this through, are you? He's like, she died when I was eight, but I'm a time traveler. And she's like, so? So I get to see her all the time. She asks if she knew, like if his parents knew about the time traveling. He says that they knew that there was something going on because, you know, he kept disappearing from school and leaving his clothes behind. His dad found out what he what was really going on when he was 16. And he's like, and it went badly. So he says, uh, he's like, keep in mind, I was 16. So we see a flashback. <laughs> this is bad. Um, he's he's in his room. He's like sitting in bed. And there's like someone under the sheets uh, doing something. And then <laughs> his dad walks in. And he's like, dad. And then you hear, dad. So Henry was also under the sheets. He was with himself. Whoops. And the present, he's like, well, I'm not gay, but you know. And he says, like, you would, wouldn't you? And she's, like, thinking about this. She's like, you went gay for yourself? He's like, come on, I was 16. Then she asks if his mom ever found out. He's like, no. And he says that it was just complicated. So we see her mom on stage getting flowers. So her name is Annette. She's 30. Richard's 33, her husband, his dad. And, she, you know, she finished singing, and she, like, looks back at, at, at Richard. So she just says to his stagehand, she's like, that's a new violinist. And then he's, the stagehand's like, yeah, I think so. And we see the stagehand is Henry, age 24. So I guess Henry isn't just limited to traveling in his own time. That's usually what he does. But apparently he traveled back before his parents even got married, before he even met. So then we see his parents are on a dinner date. She's 31, Richard's 34, and then he proposes. And then Henry's like, they're watching, he's 25. Claire says she thinks it's cool that you know he saw his parents' proposal and everything like that. And, you know, he got to hear her singing. He gets a little quiet, and then he asks if he can take her someplace. So they get up and leave this little diner or whatever. So then we see Annette's 33, Richard's 36. Henry is one in a stroller. And then Henry, 26, walks up to him park, and they seem to know him. He's like, oh, hey, who's this or whatever. So as they walk, um, Claire and Henry walk in like in a present. She's like, you knew them? And he says that they recognize him, but they didn't know who he was. He says that, you know, that the travel is mostly random, but the people who matter to him, he sees them more often. He doesn't know why. And she's like, well, yeah, you saw me 152 times. He's like, well, there you go. 26, Henry 26 looks at himself as a baby in a, in a stroller. And he kind of like brushes his hair a little bit. And his mom notices uh, the big scar from the car accident when he was a kid. She's like, oh, that's a nasty scar. She's like, how'd you get it? He just like looks at her and, and he thinks about the accident. He's like, oh, it was just a stupid accident. And then, you know, he gets up, he's like, see you around. And then, you know, he says bye and starts walking away. And she like kind of looks at him. She seems a little confused. Like, 
like is there recognition she's like you know what's what's going on okay then we see henry is eight he's at a funeral henry 28 is there too and henry age 36 and henry age 24 and henry age 42 claire and henry uh in the present whatever they they walk up to this hot dog cart she's like oh this is my lunch or whatever and she asks if he ever talks to his other self he's like all the time and she jokes she's like oh so it's it's not just sexton she asks if that's weird that he talks to himself and he's like, Oh, you kind of get used to having yourself around. He's like, remember I, I mentioned a guy who trained me and she says that he told her when she was a kid, but she, but he didn't tell her who it was. So then we see Henry age eight and Henry age 28 conning this guy. Like Henry eight said, he found this wallet. He's like, Oh, it looks like it has a lot of money. Is this your wallet? And the guy like, she's like, Oh, look, you know, you're, that's a very good thing you're doing, whatever. Uh, he's like, he's like, no, my pocket's back here, or my wallet's, you know, in his back, or whatever. And then as he's he's saying this, Henry twenty eight walks by it and takes his wallet, or no, he took his wallet. I think Henry eight took his wallet, whatever. And they're looking at the other wallet. So basically, you know, they're they're doing this, and then they look. And it's like they made a lot of money in two hours, and but eight asks him, he's like, what's your name? He's like, he, you know, it's like, well, what do you need to know that? He's like, well, aren't we friends? He's like, we're not friends, whatever, because he's just teaching him what to do. So he doesn't want to want to tell him. In the present. Claire's like, you trained yourself? And Henry said, he's like, well, I led myself astray. He's like, there wasn't anyone else. He was the only time traveler. So then in the past, 28 asks him what year he's from. And he says, he's like 1989. Uh, 28 says uh, he's from 2008. Then 8 says, it's funny how they keep ending up at the same time. Then he said that something happened and he needs to talk about it. So 28 asks 8 if it's personal. And then he's like, yeah. He's like, well, then tell someone else. He's like, I don't care. So he says that they need to get the wallets back to Lost, which I'm guess like Lost and Found or something like that, and then and steal some more. Eight's like, well, why aren't we keeping this? Whatever. And twenty eight, because like stealing is wrong, and you need more practice. Because he's like, whenever you time travel, you're gonna be naked, penniless, and running. So he, you know, just needs a. Pra- it's all about it's about the the practice, the necessity, not just for doing that. Because there's there's no need for him to do it now. Because at first I was like, wait, why did he sell this wallet? And you know, why is twenty eight taking all this? He's just gonna disappear. He's not gonna be able to take it with him. So then they go to this art gallery. He's like, this is the next level. He's like, at galleries and museums, you know, people are staring at paintings and you can like watch them to figure out where they keep their wallets. So eight tries saying that his mom is dead, but 28 is like ignoring him, keeps going on about, you know, how to steal the wallets or anything like that. Eight's like, why are you angry with me? And then he's like, your mom is, is dead, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, wrong. So he takes this like newspaper and he's like, you travel back just a few months. He's like, your mom died at the end of 1988. Shows him a newspaper date. It's June 8th, 1988. 28's like, your mom's not dead. Problem solved. Stop sulking. Eight's like, so I can save her. And 28's like, no, 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 no. He's like, you you can't tell her or warn her. It, it just won't work. So in, in the present, he tells Claire it never works. And he's like, and he, you know, he did try. So then back 28, so he's like, I can prove it won't work. He's like, I know a little bit about your future. And he's like, and he looks at a clock. He's like, in just under a minute, you're going to get out of your chair and you're going to run in that direction. And eight's like, why? And 28's like, you just will. And it'll be your choice. So eight grabs like tight, you know, underneath the chair. He's like, I'm not doing it. He's like, I'm certain. And he's like, how much time now? He's like 30 seconds. 28's looking at him. And then he's, he's look, he, 28 says to eight, he's like, it's not your fault. It's not changeable. Eight says he thinks that he was there. He's like, weren't you there? He's like, you put a blanket around me. He's like, did you do that? But 28 doesn't answer because I actually, I'm not even sure who it was that did that. 
And then he's like, how long now? So 28's like, see that woman in a green skirt headed towards us? He's like, before she gets here, you're going to run in that direction. And he's like, no, he's like holding on a chair. And then the great, the lady in the green bumps into this other lady who turns around and it's his mom. So eight gets up, mom, he calls out to her, he runs at her, runs, grabs her and hugs her. And she's like, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be in school. He's like, I'm sorry. And she asks what happened. She's like, what are you wearing? She said, where'd you get this clothes? And she's like, why are you, why are you doing this again? She's like, why can't you just stay in school? And he tries talking and, she, and he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, you need to listen. He's like, I love you. And she's like, no, that's not going to cut it. So she's lecturing him. You know, they're, they're sitting at a little table now. She's lecturing about leaving and how dangerous it is. And, you know, he's, he's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the truth, but you just have to believe me. And he's like, I'm a time traveler and I've come from the future and I have to tell you something really important. And if you listen, it'll save your life. And she's like, she just, I just need you to stop. And I need you to take me seriously right now. And, and he's like, just stop it, stop it, stop it. And she's just like, cause you know, he keeps like trying to cut her off or anything like that. And she yells at him. So then he's like, I hate you. And he runs away. And then, so she goes like looking for him, but he's like, he ducked and he's hiding. 28 comes up to him and, you know, she takes out her, her cell phone from, from that time in you know, 1988. And, uh, you know, she calls, starts calling someone so they tell her that he's like, no, he's in class. She's like, how can he be in class? He was just here and whatever. So Henry wants to take in the present. Henry wants to take Claire to his work. He's like, well, it's closed today. And, you know, he's like, well, you want to get to know me, right? So they go into like the back of the shelves or whatever. And he moves some books. He takes out, you know, this, this box was like, hidden there. And it's like his, it says memories, whatever. There's like a bunch of pictures and pamphlets and articles about his mom and stuff like that. He says he keeps it there because he can't keep it at home because he doesn't trust himself, which I was like, I didn't really understand that. But then uh, she asks about his dad and he says that he's around, but they don't talk much. And he hands her a tape. It's like, it's a tape of his mom singing. So then we see in the past, 28 takes eight into the bathroom. So he's trying to explain that, you know, like why he doesn't like him or whatever or, or something like that. But then he basically you know, why is he helping him? Why is he doing this? And he's like, look in the mirror, look at, look at your, you and look at me. He's like, come on, you know what, what's, what's going on. He's trying to get him. takes, they take off their shoes, you know, or got the same birthmark. They have the same scar on their legs and then the same scar on the forehead. So he's figured out that it's himself. Claire's looking at all these pictures and she says that the singing was, you know, they're playing a tape. She's like, the singing was beautiful. He stops the tape recorder and he's like, yeah, but beauty isn't comfort. And he's like, I've never listened to this before. And because he's like, you know, for me, it's like a bear trap. He explains how when he's stressed, that's when he, sometimes when he, he time travels. So if he's thinking about his mom, then he has to go see her die again. She asks if he's going now. And he's like, not if I can hang on. So he says that after his mom performed, she usually did like a Q&A with the audience. And he hasn't listened to this one. So it, it could be a way for Claire to meet her. And she's like, yeah, that, that that's sweet, but it, it's not not the same as meeting her and he's like if you could ask her one question what would it be and she's like i don't want to play you know games or whatever he's like it's it's not a game so she's like i don't know then she's like how do people ever get together you know how does that even happen so he turns on the tape and the, the, the mom's like you know it's like i have a lot of people to thank but before i do if you'll excuse me i just need to pass on a message to someone who i know is going to be listening tonight hello claire i'm talking to Claire Abshire, who's either here tonight or listening in. And she's just like shocked. Like, what is going on? 
So then his mom's, uh, and and you you kind of see a flashback of this too, like from the the audio from the tape. So she's like, a gentleman stopped me at the stage door this afternoon. And we see a flashback of that. And he asked me a question from Claire. And he asked if I could answer tonight. And he was very sweet and very kind and insistent. And I guess I liked him. So I'm going to try to answer Claire's question tonight. Claire's like, how is this possible? And then uh, his mom continues. Her question is this. How the hell does any couple ever get together? Claire turns off the recorder. She's like, how did she hear me? And Henry was like, she didn't hear you. She's like, but I can hear you. And I just decided that whenever I get to speak to my mom next, whenever that is, at the right moment, that I'll pass your question on. And on the night this recording was made, she'll answer it. So the answer to the question that only you just thought of asking has been on this tape since before you were born. And then he's like, you want to hear it? My mom's answer. So she turns it on. His mom's like, I mean, I guess we've all wondered that one. I don't know why he asked me. I'm a singer. I just sing. But I have been singing Madame Butterfly, which I guess is about doomed love. And I guess that got me thinking, isn't all love doomed? I mean, to be, I don't mean to be a party pooper, you know, but it always ends, doesn't it? So Claire, if you're listening and you're worried, my answer and Puccini's is this. Couples don't get together. What they do is they get together for a while. It's just a while, just a little time, and that's okay. Because it's better to be happy for a little while, just a brief time, even if you know you're going to lose it, than to just be okay for your whole life. And for what it's worth, my advice is this. It's always later than you think, and this is the only time you ever get. So good luck, Claire, and you know what? Just get the hell on with it. People applause. And Claire and Henry, they both have like tears and, and Henry kind of like chuckles and starts sobbing. And that's the end. So I was just like, wow. I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of, it was emotional. I don't know why. And it's it's also kind of weird. You know, like he says that the answer to your question that you just thought of has been on his tape since before you're born. So that's just like freaky, whatever. So that, that's just like, one of the reasons I guess I like the show is just it's just so weird and bizarre and it seems tragic in a way, but I, I I don't know it's it's hard to explain, but it's a uh, it's it's good. So we got f- four more of these to go. So oh man, I kind of don't want to watch, but yeah, I will of course. All right, this week Teen Titans Go and DC Superhero Girls Mayhem in the Multiverse came out. So it came out on Blu-ray on Tuesday the 24th. And then I believe Friday it was out. uh, It came out on Cartoon Network. And then I have June 8th in my head. I don't know if that's right. It'll be on on HBO Max as well. It seems weird how they're so close together. But, I mean, for me, I would rather have the Blu-ray. I'd rather have a physical media. Because on Cartoon Network, you know, you have to watch it at the time. Maybe you can set your DVR you might miss it or whatever. But then you got commercials and all that. HBO Max, you know, you you can watch it, but then you have to worry about your connectivity, what's the you know, how fast is your internet at that moment and blah blah blah. So, I I like I'm I'm glad I I have the the, the physical copy. So, with the two, I mean, I love I I really love I adore Teen Titans Go. Uh the the cast is hilarious. They're brilliant. They're just I'm so happy 
every time I get to interview, I've interviewed the cast so many times at so many conventions and it's, they're, they're just great. And it's like, I feel like there's a, a bit of recognition. You know, I've talked to them so many times, so they, it's not like they know my name. They're not going to be like, Hey, Tony, but they pr- probably recognize me. What would what they, I mean, I just interviewed them before the last movie. So I, I don't know. Anyways, regardless, who cares about that? Right. Shut up. So I, I really like them. I have I have so many episodes on my DVR because I've just I've gotten behind. But every once in a while, I like try picking away at them. Like my my DVR is Teen Titans Go and Ridiculousness. There's so it's just like jam packed. I'm like it's almost at capacity. So I'm constantly watching to try to dwindle that down. Within like then eight more episodes, one or the other airs. With uh, DC Superhero Girls, I don't really know a whole lot about them. I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with the designs and everything. I think it's it's a, it's fantastic that they've made this. I think it's great that they're trying to open this up because, it, like, when my daughter was growing up, you know, there there wasn't stuff quote unquote for girls. It was all boys' toys because the manufacturers figured that only boys want this stuff. She didn't care. I could get her like action figures or stuff like that. She she thought it was cool. She loved the cartoons and she all that stuff was fine. She was always kind of anti the girls stuff. She hated Nerf Rebel because it was like pink and purple and it was supposed to be for girls. She's like, why can't I just play with the regular Nerf? Like the Nerf guns or arrows or whatever. She did never like the Legos and Friends. She just wanted regular Lego because and regular Lego had all the cool stuff, you know, all the cool license, you know, Star Wars and the Marvel and DC, whatever. And with DC superhero girls, she was kind of anti because it was superhero girls. Because, again, her thinking was, why does it have to specifically be for girls? She's like, whatever, it should be for boys or girls. So she was always a little resistant to that, but then she, you know, she did read some of the cartoons and she, or read some of the comics. And I think she, she, you know, she enjoyed them. You know, she couldn't deny that. And, you know, she might have watched some of the cartoons, but then uh, it got to the point where that's where she wasn't watching as much. So because of that, I haven't watched a whole lot of it. Watching this movie, you know, we, we do see a lot in the DC Superhero Girls universe. And I kind of like the designs and just the, the quirkiness of the characters and everything like that and the interaction. And we do see that there are boys. You know, there's like Aquaman and Superman and Patman uh, was, was hilarious. I'll get to him. Uh, Hal Jordan. And, and, you know, there's a lot of like boys versus girls. You know, the boys are kind of jerks and, and stuff like that. But... The, the anyways let's just uh, let me just start with it. it it starts off it almost looks like there's like a new dc animated intro which is more like cartoony style than like the regular thing i don't know if that's new or not whatever and uh the intro fe- features both characters it was just okay you know i just love that teen titans go the the theme music and just the the frenetic frenetic um just flashing whatever this was just like it was just okay, but whatever. It starts out at Titans Tower. It looks just like you know Teen Titans Go animation, and the they they picked up this entertainment center that someone was throwing away. It's it's garbage. It's dirty. There's like animals in, a, in this drawer, and there's like spiders. Uh, like one of the legs breaks, so it's like really like crooked. So Beast Boy is like, oh, we need to wedge something underneath that because it's all crooked and everything. And he puts like this crystal underneath there, and then Control Freak, you know, their TV's under Control Freak their nemesis or whatever he starts talking to him through the tv and he's saying how that there's going to be a crossover but you know and they're like oh no not another movie and they're like no no it's not like that and then they're talking about 
oh, what show is getting latched on? You know, because like a show crossover with another show when they're trying to get ratings. And then they're like, oh, no, are we getting canceled? You know, are they the ones latching on to another show? And then we see the, the DC Superhero Girls world. And, and you know, we, we get to see what they're doing and stuff like that. We see the Legion of Doom. Lex is addressing everyone. He says he holds a power to every superhero. He was looking out in Krypton for, like, you know, stuff against Superman. He found this old amulet of Cythana, Cythona. And he takes off this, like, little bead from it. And it's it'll send someone to the Phantom Zone. So he throws it, and I think he threw it at at a um, Solomon Grundy. <laughs> As I was gonna say Gorilla Grad. It's like, and then he like disappears, and he takes another one, and he throws it, and then he like comes back. So it's almost like there's replenishing little beads that come off of this. Supergirl somehow knows about Sathana. Um, she's like the god of darkness and suffering. And, you know, her kid brother is Rao, so she kind of says a history about how she was banished and in, into whatever this this crystal thing. But she's like, oh, that was just fairy tales. They use it to scare kids. <laughs> and she's like, Haha, it's just like uh, scary stuff. It wasn't real. And uh, but you know, it kind of was. So then uh, the bad guys start attacking. Like Gigana sends Flash and Green Arrow to Phantom Zone. Then Catwoman and Harley send like Blue Beetle. And Toy Man and Riddler send Hal Jordan. And then like Hawkman and Garth, they they start getting um, sucked in. And Garth calls Supergirls and the others and saying that, you know, the the stuff's going on. They basically go there to investigate after and they find one of the beads. And there's like a Supergirl reads some of the writing. And it says something about the Phantom Zone on her. So she goes to Clark. Clark kind of brushes it off. He's kind of a jerk about it. And he's, I mean, this Clark was, it was funny. He's like, there's no such thing as Kryptonian magic. He's like, you know, your friends are probably just goofing around or whatever. And then when she leaves, he calls someone. She knows about the Phantom Zone. So basically Superman is working with like Batman, Aquaman and Jon Stewart. So they already know about Lex's scheme. So the funny thing about Batman, he's constantly, he's like mumbling. And he even gets to the point where like, I didn't understand a word you said or something like that. So this is like this long segment into like the, the superhero girl's world. And uh, then it kind of comes back where like the, the Teen Titans are like on a couch watching. And then they're like, wait, I thought there's a crossover. And Control Freeze like, yeah, you know, just your important parts coming up. And so, but the weird thing is it was mostly superhero girls. It's not a bad thing. You know, as far as the story goes, it, it was it was fine, you know, it, for a, a kids cartoon comic story. It, it met everything that you would want. You know, it's got all the villains and fighting and tons of heroes, tons of villains, and a lot of action. And uh, we do eventually get a crossover, and and um, it's not quite the crossover that I thought it was going to be. You know, there there are some funny moments once it finally does, but I feel like it was a little scaled back, which is just kind of weird. I'm. I, yeah i don't know i mean i can't say that i love this movie as much as the last movie and it's only because i'm not a big dc superhero girls fan i liked what i saw uh you know and it's funny like zatanna seems to have a crush on aquaman you know just like lots of little little things so these characters really have a lot of character you know like like batgirls like best friends with with harley quinn even though she's an enemy and and you know harley like switches between like her her uh, Harley court jester costume and her kind of suicidish squad, you know, colored hair and, and, uh, you know, stuff with, with Wonder Woman and just Supergirl And, uh, it's just, I, I, I liked it. I just didn't, I mean, I was looking for more 
Teen Titans Go. So it's just, just, just kind of weird with that. I don't want to, I absolutely don't want to knock the movie. I mean, I think kids will love it, especially, I mean, if, if the kids are a fan of either of the franchises or especially both, they are absolutely going to love it. It, it, you know, it has a lot of the humor. There's, there's just a lot of quirkiness. And, and I think that's, you know, crucial. It's important for, for kids shows that, you know, you have that humor, you know, these, these characters are supposed to be fun. And that's why, you know, I know some people like the Snyder stuff, but it's just so serious. And, and it's like, you know, even you think about Heath Ledger, like why so serious? Like, Oh my God, just like, just relax a little. I'm not saying everything has to be like Marvel and funny, but even so, I think a lot of people kind of over, you know, when, when they, they start complaining about Marvel, they're always complaining about fun. It's, it's like, it's not, always non-stop jokes in the marvel movies there's a lot of jokes but why not and yeah maybe sometimes it's a tiny bit too much but i don't think it's as bad as some people make it out to be but with the these animated movies stuff like this with the teen titans go and i'm assuming superhero girls that humor it, it's it's crucial it's, it's it's a necessity especially for for the younger kids you know they should they should enjoy and have a good time watching you know these movies or shows and everything like that so it was it was fine. Um, I was a little like, how is this gonna be? Because you know I don't know about superhero girls, but I I didn't enjoy those, those characters, and I kind of wish that my daughter was younger and did want to watch it, so I'd have an excuse. Yes, I know I can watch it on my own, but I there's just so much other stuff to watch. You know, it's just a matter of time. So obviously, it's not gonna be a top priority for me, but I I did like it. So uh, I hope I hope the kids are enjoying it that are watching it because I'm I'm just so happy that that is out there for them because there's just it's it's just a very charming show and teen titans go i think it's hilarious it's been always been hilarious i know a lot of people are, maybe are still angry that it's not the other the original teen titans go animated series even though it's the same voice actors but it's it's just been good so in my opinion this movie was okay it you know it wasn't bad i'm not going to say it's bad it i didn't love it it was okay it was good the kids are going to love it I would think, but I didn't love it. I just liked it. Check it out, especially, you know, depending on your age, it might not be for you unless, you know, you, you have watched the other ones, but, and, you know, I don't want to assume that you won't like it, but I definitely think the younger kids will like it. All right. With Obi-Wan Kenobi. So two episodes dropped. They actually dropped them early uh, Thursday. And it's because of Star Wars Celebration, I'm, I'm sure. So we got to watch the first two episodes. There's another episode this week on Wednesday. So Wednesday is like the regular day. Wednesday is supposed to be like the Marvel Star Wars day. So that'll be interesting in a couple of weeks when Ms. Marvel starts. But overall, I enjoyed the, the, I enjoyed the first two episodes. I have some minor issues with some things. But I, I love Ewan McGregor. I think he's great. He's he's amazing as, as Obi-Wan. The story is kind of interesting because, and this is where I'm like, uh, I'm a little unsure how I feel about it. Because I always just imagine Ben being on Tatooine for 20 years, like being bored out of his mind, just kind of watching over. But we're going to see that that's not quite the case. Because if that was the case, that would kind of be a boring show. We'll, we'll see. And, you know, it, it takes place, obviously, 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. So with part one, it was kind of neat. I don't know if they've done it in the other Star Wars show, but it starts off with the a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, like graphic. We don't get the opening, you know, the, the whatever, all that stuff. But there is a four minute 
recap over like the prequel trilogy. So if you haven't seen, which who hasn't seen the, the prequel trilogy and why would you be watching Obi-Wan? But anyways, so you can find out everything that happens. But then it, it starts off, we see younglings training, clone troopers enter. So, so the Jedi takes out two of the troopers. They start running, trying to gather, gather the younglings. More troopers coming, slicing them, running. This Jedi gets hit, and she, you know, she goes down. The, the younglings try escaping everything, and you hear, like, execute Order 66. So this is the end of Revenge of the Sith. So we don't see any younglings get taken out, but you know it's coming. Then it, it jumps to Tatooine. We see people, like, in the city. There's, like, ship... A ship's like flying overhead, lands in the middle of the city. Inquis- Inquisitors emerge. They enter this little like cantina thing. It's like an open cantina. And uh, the main dude, he's like, you know who we are. It's sort of, you know, it's just a grand inquisitor says this. He's like, you know what we do. And the, the like the bartender owner dude, he's like, you hunt Jedi. And he's like, in actuality, I would say the Jedi hunt themselves. So he's and he's kind of like looking around at the patrons, looking to see if there's any Jedi there. He's like, "Do you know the key to hunting a Jedi, friend?" He's like, "It is patience. Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail." So then he talks about rumors involving a Jedi hiding here in the saloon, looking for others like him or those in need. Then he sees a him the bartender owner whatever he's like perhaps the locals are are stealing from him or threatening him what's a jedi to do help him and risk exposure or move on but the jedi code is like an itch so he saves him in exchange for like shelter and water but the stories spread and his compassion becomes his undoing and then this lady inquisitor her name's third sister she picks up a blade from a table from someone eating and like throws it at the bartender and it stops like right in front of his face. And then she sees a dude sitting at a table with his hand raised, like stopping it. It's like so weird. It's like he's sitting there forcing it. Why wouldn't you just like deflect it and then put your hand down? But he's sitting there still like holding his hand up, blocking it. And she's like there. So the dude starts to run. And then the grand inquisitor says, prepare him for interrogation. He, um, he, so he tells them that they're, Wasting her time, they'll never find them all. And the lady like swings her red saber at him, but the main dude stops it just as it grazes his shoulder, and then he like pushes her away. So the Jedi dude runs, and uh, the Grand Inquisitor tells her that she's reckless, and he tells her, you know, forget her fixation with Kenobi, or he will relieve her of her duties. So she's just like too gung ho, I guess, going after potential Jedi. In a desert, it's like some we see this like meat processing facility, or whatever. There's like these cubes of meat. I don't know what kind of meat is a crate dragon meat, maybe. And Obi Wan's working there, and so you know they they have to sign out and they get their credits for the day, and you know it's rough conditions and everything like that. But he like steals a little bit of meat, and he slices it, sticks it, and like in and like wraps it up and shoves it in his his outfit, his coat or whatever. Take a transport back to city. Then he goes to his EOP, his like writing thing. And it's weird that he just leaves it like tied up in this little thing. And, like no one tries taking it during the day or anything like that. So I guess, I don't know. That just seems weird in a place like that where especially Jawas constantly stealing things. So he rides through the desert and there's like this security t- sensor thing at his cave. It kind of looks like, like R2's little sensor thing that pops up, pops up out of the ground. I guess that's a security system. So he goes inside, makes food, and his jaw comes in with some stuff. There's like a, you can see it's like a T-16 Skyhopper toy that Luke later has. The Jawa's name, I think, is Tika. And 
then uh, he's like, he, I guess he's also stealing from Obi Wan and like trying to sell his stuff back to him or whatever because he he mentions like stuff getting you know, disappearing, whatever. He also found an old uh, belt, Jedi belt in the desert because supposedly there's a Jedi that was chased by Inquisitors. So Obi Wan's like, he just gives it back to him like he doesn't want it. But then he's sleeping at night has dreams about Anakin, Qui-Gon. Next day, he rides out. He spies on Luke and Owen. He sees, like, Luke kind of runs off, and he's, like, on top of a little, like, hut thing, pretending he's, like, on a flying a pod racer or ship or something like that. At night, he drops off the the toy and some other stuff, I think, whatever. Starts hearing something as he's, he's going back to his place. And then that Jedi dude from the town comes up. He's like, Master, he's like, I thought I saw you in town. He's like, I didn't think others survived. Obi-Wan's like, you're making some kind of mistake. And the dude's like, my name is Nari. And he pulls out his lightsaber. And he's like, there's no mistake. Obi-Wan's like, you're looking for someone else. And this Nari dude, he's like, what are you doing here, Obi-Wan? He's like, my name is Ben. So Ben gets down off his EOP. He's like, you must leave. You've brought too much attention. And Nari's like, I had nowhere else to go. They're hunting me. And he's like, you have to help me. Ben's like, you want my help? Take this you know, the lightsaber, walk into the middle of the desert and bury it in the ground. He's like, stay hidden, live a normal life. And Nari's like, well, what about the people who need us? He's like, what about the fight? And Ben's like, the fight is done. We lost. And Nari's like, what happened to you? You were once a great Jedi. And Ben's like, the time of the Jedi is over. Go back to town. Let it go. So it's like, okay, he's he's on his own mission, whatever. He's got other priorities and, and they, they lost. You know, it, it sucks and whatever. On Alderaan, we see Leia's getting dressed, you know, all these handmaidens or people, whatever, dressing her up, doing her hair, she's all fancy. Turns out, it's not Leia, it's an alien girl, and, you know, when Leia's mom, her highness, whatever, comes in, she's like, oh, she insisted that you would find it amusing. So, this is Breha, I think her name is, that's that's Leia's mom, her adoptive mom. Uh, and because when she came in, she said they're running late, because I think her sister is visiting with family, and she, I think she's talking about wanting their support, probably you know for the rebel alliance or fighting the empire or whatever so they you know leia needs to get ready so she's she's like she's either in the cellar in the kitchen or in the woods which she's obviously out in the woods because we see her running she's got this little flying droid things she climbs up a tree and and she's looking at all the ships flying off taking off and she's like naming them like what type of ships in there who who's probably on there and you know pirates or smugglers or whatever business class and her mom finds her and so mom says, like, no Lola for the rest of the, of the day. That's her little droid thing. So she, like, shut her down. And then she's like, if you behaved as well as you climbed, you'd be a senator already. So as they enter the building, whatever, you see someone's watching them from the woods. More work for Ben. He cuts another piece of meat for himself. And it's like, how is he not getting caught? I would think that, you know, if one dude, the, the first time, he's like, this is less paid than before. And the guy's like, Bleh. he's like... So I would think cutting a slice of meat would not be, I, th- I would think that would be frowned upon. But then he's back on that transfer, goes to his EOP, and then uh, as he's getting ready, Owen shows up, tosses the bag of stuff that Ben dropped off. He's like, I warned you to stay away from him. We don't need anything from you, Ben. And Ben's like, it's just a toy. Owen's like, it's more than that. And Ben's like, there's more to life than your farm. So he's like, he needs to see that. There's a whole galaxy out there. Owen's like, I'm asking you to leave us alone, Ben. I mean it. And then Ben's like, is he okay? And Owen's like, you don't care if he's okay. You care if he's showing. He's my responsibility, Owen. Well, I'm his uncle. And Ben's like, we talked about this. When a time comes, he must be trained. Like you trained his father? So it's like, oh, snap. 
and and he's like Anakin is dead Ben and I want you let I won't let you make the same mistake twice so leave him on the farm with his family where he belongs then he hears like the other inquisitor who's like he's a fifth brother I guess and a third sister they're in, in town they they tell the crowd that they know why they're there that there's a Jedi hiding on this planet and they need to know and the sort of fifth brother's like you will be rewarded well Reva the third sister she's like or you will be punished and this lady in the crowd's like this is the outer rim you have no rights here and we're not under the empires and ah, Reva chopped off her hand and fifth brother's not too keen on like her aggressiveness then she's like all we want is information and she looks at Owen you know something he just like shakes his head and she asks him his name he's like Owen and she's like you're a farmer wife kids and I Jedi any Jedi there and he's like no and she's like well why should I believe you and he's like I have no love for the Jedi Jedi are vermin I kill vermin on my farm and she's like oh you protect your family I like that then she's like do you think you can protect them from me and she's like in his face and she's like tell me where the Jedi is or this man and his family die and she says that the Jedi are cowards that they failed them and they've abandoned them there's no point protecting them but they can save this man and she lights her lightsaber and she's like holding up to his neck. And finally, the fifth brother's like, enough. And he mentions that there will be rewards if they talk. And he tells her to stand down. So in the alley, the fifth brother, he grabs her by his shoulder. And he's like, you're too impulsive. And she's like, well, I'm sick of wasting time. This place is beneath us. And he's like, well, the Grand Inquisitor was right. He's like, you still want Kenobi. And he's, you know, he's gone. You won't find him. We spent the last 10 years looking for him. And she's like, well, maybe he's been looking in the wrong places. He's like, what do you think you'll gain by capturing him? What I'm owed. So I was like, what is our problem? He tells her to be careful because she goes too far. And she's like, well, maybe you don't go far enough. So their ship takes off. Ben walks up to Owen. He's like, thank you for that, Owen. And he's just shakes his head as he starts walking away. He's like, I didn't do it for you. On Alderaan, Leia and Breha arrive just in time to join Bail as their visitors arrive. So the ship lands. Leia like says hi to her cousin. He just kind of ignores her. He's you know older than she is. Bail later is talking to his brother about how there's still things to be done, like you know ending slave labor in Outer Rim and all the high taxation. And he's like, "Well, I didn't come here to end slavery. I came here to eat your food." So Leia's with uh, her cousin and a couple other kids and this protocol droid comes up and gives her some food. And she's like, thank you, TC, whatever. I forget what his name was. And her cousin's like surprised. He's like, you think you're droid? And she's like, it's, it's good manners. And he's like, you don't need manners when you're talking to a lower life form. So you can guess what she's going to say. She's like, then I guess I don't need manners when I'm talking to you. And he asks, he's like, you know what the difference is between us? He's like, I know things. My father says they never let you leave this planet. They don't want anyone to know about you because you're not one of us. You're not even a real Organa. So it's like, what a little jerk. So she stares at him and then she's like, you're scared of him, your father. You want him to like you. So you repeat what he says, even though you don't really know what it means. You think being like him will make people frightened of you. But really, you're the one who's scared. You've never made one decision for yourself in your entire life and you never will. I may not have seen much cousin, but I can see that. This is from this little tenure. I, I feel like she's younger than 10. She looks younger than 10, but what do I know? So then Leia gets talked to by her parents and she's like, he was being horrible to everyone. And they're like, well, it doesn't matter. She, her mom's like, you owe him an apology. She's like, I'd rather be digested by a jacko beast. So Breha, she's just like, she just leaves. And Bale talks to her. She's like, 
or he he's talking about like when he was young he's like pointing at the mountains or whatever he's like you know i i wanted to leave go out on adventures whatever and then i grew up i started chasing your mother so they kind of laugh with him then he says that you know this is her future soon she'll go to university and then the you know be in the junior senate she's like senate is boring it's people in itchy clothes arguing he's like or she's like i don't want to be a, a senator and he's like that's why you'll probably be one of the best then she's like i'm not even a real organa and he's like he's like what he gets on his knees like don't ever say that you are our child you are an organ in every way one day this planet will be yours to lead and you'll just have to find your way to do that and he's like and imagine the look on your cousin's face when you get to boss him around for real but in the meantime you have to apologize so he says he's like i'll wait for you downstairs and then she thinks and then we see her running out in the woods <laughs> and as she's running she comes across that dude watching so according to closed caption his name is vect v-e-c-t as we see who it is it's freaking flea from red hot chili peppers and back to the future <laughs> and she's like what are you doing here he's like oh i'm just waiting and she's like for what for you there's two other dudes with them so she starts running they chase her running through the woods she's like slides under like branches and goes up narrow places stuff like that and finally she's like help you know the palace guards like starting to come out and one is like, she sees one in sight, but then the guard gets shot by Flea. And then she gets surrounded, put a bag over her head. Ben hears a beeping in his trunk buried under some stuff. So he opens it up and everything like that. It's There's a message from Bale and Breha. They say they don't know who it was. There's no ransom. There's no leads. They knew where she'd be. Breha says that Leah needs him. They can't trust anyone else. And Ben's like, what about the Senate? And Bale's like, we can't let this become public. It would draw too much attention. And he's like, well, what about the palace guards or bounty hunter? Bale says that he's the only one that knows how important she is. And he's like, well, my duty is to the boy. And Bale's like, well, what about your duty to the boy's sister? He's like, she's as important as he is. So Ben kind of hesitates. He's like, it's been 10 years. He's like, I'm not who I used to be. He's like, find someone else. He's like, she'll be better off. So Leia's on a ship with the dudes that are like off planet now. Then we see Ben... His shift's over at work, takes another slice of meat, he's on the transport, he's in town, people start gathering, and you see that Jedi dude, Nari, his body's like hanging. So then he gets home, the droid sensor thing is like red, so that must mean some, someone's inside. There's someone wearing a cloak, and it's Bale. It's like, how the heck did he get there so fast? <laughs> and he's like, she's headed for Dayu, and Ben tells him, he's like, you shouldn't have come. So Leia, or Leia's a alone in the room she activates lola she's like can you untie me whatever then flea comes in and she's like i'm not afraid of you he's like no give it time so he grabs lola smashes it and then she's like my father will rescue me he'll send a whole army and flea's like no one is coming for you so we see ben rides through the desert the eop kneels he gets off he has a little shovel starts digging one of flea's men says he's like this is a bad idea kidnapping a kid ben reaches a box it was maybe like a foot deep I have okay. That's minor, minor, minor problem. One number, number one. I think he would dig it deeper for one thing. For another thing, I think if there's any wind or anything in the desert, that it the sand dunes, the sand would shift and bury it deeper. But whatever, it's like barely even buried. So he opens it up, and there's two lightsabers in there. So then flee on a whole of things. Talks to the the fifth sister. He's like, are you sure he'll come? And she's like, he fought alongside her father in the war. He'll come. He won't be able to help it. And we see Ben walks up to a, sp a spaceport and he like shows like something. Then he like puts it in his back pocket and you see the lightsabers on his belt. 
And that is the end of the first episode. So it was a good episode, you know, again, showing Ben and just his reluctance, you know, just trying to hide and, and just living his normal mundane life. He's not crazy about it. And he's not necessarily living next door to Owen. You know, it, it's a little bit of a, a trek to, out, to go out there. He's trying to give some space. But so it was, it was a good setup. Episode two, on the other hand, I didn't love as much as the first episode, but it was still good. So we see Ben's transport. He, he lands on this other planet. You know, it's you can tell it's, it's shady already. He asks this dude for help because he's like, "I'm tracking the signature of the ship," and the dude's like, "You're on Dayu now." He's like, "All signals in or out are blocked because I guess people want their privacy or whatever." But it, what the, here's the other thing. Here's like the, one of the main things that bothers me: Do people normally walk around in robes and hoods? Because it seems like that's only what Jedi wear. And as I'm looking at all these other people, all so many people just walking around and whatever, no one is dressed like that. He's like the only one dressed like a Jedi. I would think that'd be just such a huge giveaway. There's this like clone veteran begging for chips um, or for, for credits. But it's like, okay, it's been 10 years. And, and he kind of, I couldn't tell, didn't really look like uh, Tamora Morrison. So they should all look the same, right? Walks past some stormtroopers and they're like out of the way as they bump into him. And they don't even, again, no one notices that he's dressed like a Jedi. Because, again, I've never seen anyone else dressed like a Jedi. I don't even think. Because even like Owen is like not really quite. And no one has, whatever. This kid comes up to him and she's like, do you want to buy some spice? I got this, this, whatever like that. He's like, how about some information? He's like, my daughter's been taken and is on this planet. And the girl's like, if she's here, you're never going to see her again. She's like, nobody leaves this place. And she's like, I was someone's daughter once too. And she's like, stick something in his pocket. She's like, here's a free sample. It's like, you take this and you'll forget all about your daughter, whatever. So then this other kid come up, up to him. His name is Jayco. And he's like, are you having trouble? He's like, there's a Jedi who helps people. Never mind the fact that he's dressed like a friggin' Jedi, right? And Ben's like, the Jedi are all gone. And Jayco's like, well, I'll take you to him. And I'm like, yeah, right. And he's like, for the right price. So we see this dude, he brings this woman and child into his room. He's like, you're safe here. And he uses like the force to shut the window, like the, the blinds or whatever. And he, then there's like a comm on the table, goes flying to his hand. So it, it's a Kamal Nanjiani. I forgot how you say his name. So he calls a spaceport. And they're like, who is this? This is a, a private channel. And he's got his, his hands to his temple. He's like, never mind that. It's like, this is a Jedi mind trick. I am inside your mind. And right away, it's like, um, I don't think it works that way. He's like, you will give this woman and child safe passage to Corellia or whatever. Ben's like watching from the shadows. And then the lady's like, the force is strong with you. Because after he's like, oh. he, you can tell like, you know, he was exerting himself to communicate with this guy who knows how far away. And he's like, so she's like, the force is strong with you. He's like, yeah, I know. And he's like, use gate 3C. And she's like, thank you. So his name is Haja. He's like talking about the whatever, the light or all this stuff. And he's like, the Jedi must look after their own. And with your son's ability, they will come for him. And then he just kind of like motions a little bit. Like, so she hands him some credit. He's like, oh, you didn't have to. But obviously that's what he was motioning. So they leave. And then he like waves his hand. The shutter's open. Calls on a comm that they're on their way. He's going to take a break, whatever. Then Ben approaches him and he's like, I was like, oh, I'm looking for a Jedi. Haja almost seems startled. Then he's like, how'd you get in here? 
And Ben says, I'm looking for a girl who's been kidnapped. He's like, I need your help to find her. Haja motions, closes the shutter. He introduces himself as Haja Estri Jedi. He helps all who are in need. In return, he asks only for a few credits. He's like, the world is not safe for his kind and blah, blah, blah. The light has gone dark in the world and whatever, galaxy, universe. I don't remember what he said. Then Ben's like, of course. He's like, how much? So Haja's like, 500 to locate the girl, another 300 to take you to her. And Ben's like, goodness, that light is unforgiving. Then Haja's like, it's a really good deal. He's like, make it a thousand. I'll even show you some tricks. So he holds up his hand. And he's like, what do you know of the force? And Ben pulls out a blaster and points it at his chest. He's like, just that it's a lot of remotes and magnets. And he like, you know, so he's got his hands up. He pulls the magnets off his wrists. And Haja's like, all right. He's like, I know how this looks. And Ben's like, it looks like you took money from that family. And then Haja's like, well, I got them safe, just a little poorer. He's like, are you going to tell on me or whatever? And Ben's like, that depends on what you tell me. He's like, you're a bottom feeder, a rat who preys on weakness. But in my experience, rats know more about the sewers than anyone else. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'll help you. He's like, there's only one place to go, but you'll never get in. So Ben's like standing outside this place and he kind of follows like this alien dude. He goes into this room full of other people like they're working like, I don't know if it's spice. There's like a chemical stuff and everything. So then we see Ben walked in. He's got like a smock and goggles on. I don't know where he got it from, but it must have been conveniently lying around. He causes a little chemical explosion, whatever. So this guard goes like running to the check because he was standing by his back door. And as he walks by, Ben like takes a key card from him, I guess. Goes in through the door, walks on his hall. These two dudes come out behind him. They're like, what are you doing back here? He's like, oh, I seem to have lost my way. They're like, well, get back to work. They start fighting and, and Ben... He's not doing so well. He takes some some hits or whatever. And he, he asks one guy, you know, one guy's knocked out. And he asks the other one, he's like, where's the girl? And then he, he whatever, goes in this room, he sees a kid with a cloak on. He's like, Leia? He takes a, the hood off. It's not even a kid. It's just like, it was a trap. It's, it's a fake. So these two aliens with guns come in from behind him. And then Flea comes in. He's like, I didn't know the Jedi could bleed. Because from ben getting hit he's like i'm surprised you fell for it i figured you'd be smarter than to risk everything for a spoiled little brat gives ben a gut punch takes his lightsaber and looks at it he's like the inquisitor really figured you out she'll be here soon and we'll be rich ben's like where's the girl he's like it doesn't matter he's like you're not getting out of here he's like you're not a jedi anymore just a man and ben's like well everyone bleeds and he drops like the spice bundle thing that was still in his pocket and he like puts a mask on right away so there's a big cloud of like pink dust and everything like that and he takes his saber back and he walks out shuts the door third sister is approaching ben goes into his room and then as soon as he enters, leia kind of like jabs him with something and and he like grabs like leia and she doesn't trust him he's like your father sent me and she's like where's the army or whatever so then they, they leave and they kind of have sort of like disguises on. So Flea and the others, they're they're tripping or whatever on, on Spice. And then the third sister comes in like, where is he? Ben tells Leia that they have to change. So they're like, he takes off the covering that he had. And she sees a lightsaber. She's like, is that, are you a Jedi? And he like shushes her. And she's like, it's just, you seem kind of old and beat up. So it's nothing like a rude kid, right? He says that there's a like a spaceport across the city. They need to go there and catch the last transport. And she's like, okay, let's go. And then she almost like walks in this big hairy alien. He's like, you have no idea what I'm risking being here, your highness. From now on, you'll do exactly as you're told, understand? 
So the third sister's walking through the street, pushing people out of her way. Grand Inquisitor walks up to her and questions her for kidnapping an Imperial Senator's daughter. I think you said Imperial, right? She says that they've done worse. The fifth brother's like, you have no right. And she's like, I found a link between him and Organa in the archives. So she used a girl as bait. The Grand Inquisitor says, and you did this without informing me? And she's like, you left me no choice. The fifth brother says that she thinks she'll gain favor by capturing Kenobi. Grand Inquisitor asks, or he says that, he's like, whatever power you're craving, it will not change what you are. She's like, and what is that? The least of us. You came to us from the gutter. Your ability gave you a station, but all the power in the world can't mask the stench beneath. And she's like, maybe that stench is your failure. And he just says, secure the city. I will take Kenobi myself. You are no longer required, sister. She's like, but I brought Kenobi here. And he tells her, he's like, stand down. You will be dealt with when we return. So Riva sends a message to Vec, Vect, Vect Nokru, so it's Flea. She wants every low life and bounty hunter in the, the city or whatever, whatever, the town, to know that Kenobi's there. So she has, she has an image, of, there's an image on the screen, whatever. They're only to report to her. So he sends it out. Everyone's like little wristing, beep, 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 like holos of, of Ben are popping up. So Ben, they're like walking around. He peers around a, a corner. He sees someone looking at his image on a tablet. He's like, oh. so he buys like a covering for Leia. And she's, he's like, no, only the, and she wants some gloves. She starts putting him. He's like, okay, the gloves too. Then he's like, if anyone asks, he's like, we're farmers and you're my daughter. And she's like, granddaughter, maybe. He's like, what? She's like, nothing. So this is where it's like, she's, she's pretty annoying. <laughs> Whatever. And uh, then she's like, look, all, she's just kind of like running all, all over the place. She tries running off. She's like, oh, do you, what's that smell? And there's like grilled meat. He, and he's like, you can't just keep doing that. But then there's like, wait, is that four loam? So I, I looked up four loam. And I guess Deborah Child confirmed that it wasn't four loam. That it's a similar droid named 1JAC. So Leia's like, why aren't you using your lightsaber? And then she's like, maybe it's because you're not a real Jedi. She's like, I heard they all died. And then she says that she heard that Jedi can make things float. She's like, make me float. And he's like, what? He's like, I want to float. So is she really that stupid? She just got kidnapped. They're on a strange planet. There's no army there to rescue her. So he's like, he's like, what? And he's like, no. And she's like, that's because you can't. And he says that if he does, it'll draw attention to them. And she says that, she's like, you haven't even told me your name. He's like, Ben. That doesn't sound like a Jedi name. And then she's like, how can I trust you when you don't even tell me anything? She's like, you think that the less you say, the less that you give away. But it's really the opposite. Then he stupidly asks, he's like, how old are you? And she's like, 10. It's like, you don't seem like you're 10. But of course, this is such a stupid question. He knows that she's 10 years old because he brought her to Alder, to Bale or whatever. Then uh, Jaco goes up to Haja and he's like showing him like on a tablet thing. He's like, look, she's like, we had him. Look at the reward. And Haja's like, oh, that's embarrassing. Leia's just uh, taking her time walking, you know, they're down this alley and, and she's like behind and this dude pops up, recognizes Ben, Ben punches him, knocks him out like one punch and she's surprised. Uh, he's like, it was a bounty hunter. So the Grand Inquisitor is like, make sure the port is shut down. He's like, I want a garrison here within the hour. He's like, remember, this is no ordinary Jedi. Kenobi is the last ember of a dying age. So then there's this another sister. I don't know what sister she is, but there's another Inquisitor there. 
she brings this dude up to the Grand Inquisitor. She's like, look at this. And she turns on his holo image thing on his wrist. And it's like Kenobi. He's like, Reva. So Ben and Leia, they're waiting in an alley. I guess they're waiting for the ship or whatever to come or time to go. Then uh, she's sitting there. She takes out Lola and it's like smashed. And he's like, no noise from that. She's like, no, you know, it's, it's broken. He's like, good. And then he's like, you'll be back to normal and safe at your palace by nightfall. And she's like, oh, back to normal. Great. And then he's like, now who's hiding something, princess? She's like, you don't have to call me that. It's just Leia. So he hears a beep and then he goes to this dude that's passed out and tries fiddling with his holo wrist comm. And she walks up. She's like, what is that? Why is there a picture of you? You're lying. That's why I'm here. They took me to get to you. Did my father even send you? And he's like, of course he did. And she's like, how do I know you're not the real kidnapper? And she's like, you aren't a Jedi. And he's like, your father's an old friend. And then she just like runs off into the city streets. So it's like, are we just not supposed to like Kid Leia? (laughs) Or is she supposed to be feisty? So she's like running and running, which is like, are you serious? You're running in a strain. You were just kidnapped. And who knows what dangers are out there? This alien like recognizes her and grabs her. But then Ben shoots a dude in the back. Another one grabs a Ben. He like knocks him down. Leia like runs. Chance and she like doubles back. She runs right past Ben. He he can't even grab her. So she climbs up this ladder. So she's on a rooftop now. Stormtroopers are in the city with the the Inquisitors. Ben chases Leia on the rooftops, and it's like the buildings are like maybe a foot apart. So she's able to just like do. Then this aliens behind him starts shooting at him. Reva, she's been standing on a rooftop like far off. Like she's friggin' Batman or something, just looking over the city, and she hears the uh, the gunfire. So of course that must be something, right? There's there's not gonna be any gunfire in this shady town. She starts uh going over towards where all, you know all the shootings happening. Ben has a a blaster too, but apparently he kind of sucks with the blaster because he can't hit this alien behind him. The alien sucks at shooting too because he keeps shooting. Leia keeps running, and then the not for loam droid arrives starts shooting leia finally reaches this rooftop gap that's more than just a foot wide so she's like standing like what's she gonna do reva is like running on a rooftop and she seems to be doing some completely unnecessary jumps and flips and like stepping off the side of walls it's just like whatever haja arrives too and then leia stupidly jumps doesn't even come close to making a cross she manages to catch hold of a cable between the buildings by one hand and Ben tells her he's like don't let go and now oh now she's whimpering Ben help it's like well you should have thought it before you went running off and and, and she's just sitting there she's holding on with one hand she doesn't even try grabbing on with her other hand it's just like down by her side and then uh, she she starts falling because she can't hold on and then Ben's like, no, he's like with anguish and he's like grunting. He's trying to use the force. He catches her just barely before she hits the ground. And she's like lands, you know, he catches her like maybe like a foot and a half above the ground. And she like lands softly on the ground. And then, then he gets down to her like in an instant. And then she's like, you, you really are a Jedi. And yeah, you are an annoying little brat. Like all this trouble that she's caused. Outside the spaceport, they see like stormtroopers and inquisitors. He tells her, she's like, who are they? And he's like, you know, many Jedi have turned to the dark side and now hunt their own. And she's like, this is all for you? Who are you? So then not for Loam comes at them from behind, but he gets shot from behind and it's Haja. Ben's like, the bounty is on him. Let the girl go. And Haja's like, listen, he's like, the entire city is on lockdown. He's like, it's done. You need another exit. 
and he points out over there he's like there's a cargo port over there it's fully automated and he's like the, the transport will take you to napuza or something like that and he's like there there will be people there who can help you and ben's like why should i trust you you're a criminal He's like, yeah, he's like, I feel bad sometimes, but I like credit. You know, you can buy a lot of things. He's like, I'm trying to make amends. So he says, he's like, I got that family safe and I'm going to do the same for you. If I'd known what you were, and Ben's like, it doesn't matter what I am. He's like, I just need to get the girl home. And he's like, how do I know this isn't a, a trap? And Hodge is like, you're not alone, Obi-Wan. So he must have got his name off the whole oath screen, whatever. And Hodge is like, he's like, I'll buy you as much time as I can. And he puts his cloak up. So Flea is brought to the Grand Inquisitor by Stormtroopers. Says that he knows that she put a, a bounty on Kenobi. He's like, where is he? And he's like, I don't know. And the Grand Inquisitor is like spinning his lightsaber blade. So because they got those special cheating spinning ha- handles or whatever. So he's it's like right in front of his face. He's like, where is she? He's like, I don't know. And then you hear like, ah, as, as this, the scene changes. So I guess Flea won't be in the next episode. Unless it's like without a nose or, you know, who knows what. Reva jumps down to the streets. Then Haja's in her way. He's like, we finally meet. And she's like looking at him. She's like confused. She's like, you're no Jedi, but you know where one is. So she slams against the wall and, and or like she knocks him there. He's like, those aren't magnets or something like that. And he's like, I, I don't know anything. I won't, And she's like, well, I don't need you to say anything. And then she peers into his mind with the force, I guess. So like that didn't do any good. Because now she knows exactly where where they're at. Leia's like getting sassy with Ben because uh, you know he's worried that the, the cargo area could be a trap, and she's like, "Is it that hard to accept that you know you have friends or people are trying to help you?" And then he like stops and stares, and she's like, "What now?" And he's like, "Nothing. You just remind me of someone." Really? Okay. And he's like, "She was fearless too and stubborn." I'm not stubborn. And he's she's like, "You are." I'm not. And then she's like, "Was your friend a Jedi too?" And he's like, no, she was a leader. And she died a long time ago. And Leia's like, oh, I'm sorry. And Ben's like, me too. Then Reva walks in, so they duck. She lights up her lightsaber, and she's like, Obi-Wan. And like a singing song voice. It's like, oh, really? Ben like gives Leia like this coordinate doodad thing, whatever, to start the cargo thing that Haja gave them. He's like, if I don't make it, you know, then it's, it's you know, just go, whatever. He's like, I'll be right behind you. So Reva's, she's like, I can feel you. I can feel your fear or whatever. He takes out his lightsaber and just looks at it because you know he hasn't probably used it. Well, obviously he hasn't used it in over 10 years. So she says that, he's like, you don't have to worry. You're not going to die today. He's like, I'm going to take you to him. Lord Vader will be pleased. And then she's like, you didn't know. He's alive, Obi-Wan. But wait, just because she says Lord Vader, how would he get anything out of that? And then she's like, Anakin Skywalker is alive and he's been looking at, for you for a long time and I will be the one to deliver you to him. But it's like, did was it general knowledge that Darth Vader was Anakin? I didn't think people knew that. I thought, you know, he's just Lord Vader, Darth Vader, Lord of the Sith, whatever. So it just seems weird that someone like her, who's just so reckless and careless that she would know this big secret. I just, I thought no one knew. I thought everyone just assumed that Anakin died and they just left it like that. So, but then the Grand Inquisitor comes in yelling. He's like, third sister, I can stand a reek of your ambition no longer. And she's like, I found him. I have him. He's like, we cannot, I cannot risk you losing him again. Move aside. And the Grand Inquisitor's like, watch and learn. And then she impales him with her lightsaber. You really think I'd let you take all the credit? And Ben's like, starts running. 
she's like, who's in the gutter now? So then she's like running after the cargo container that starts getting, you know, taking off. She's like, you can't escape. We will find you. We will destroy you. And then Ben's like in there. He's like out of breath. He's like breathing heavy. He's like obviously in slight shock over the news. And Leia's like, are you okay? And he's like breathing. And he's like, Anakin. And then we see a scarred Anakin in the back of the tank. Just like they're floating there. And then fade to black and you're... Which... Would he be breathing like that in the back of the tank? But there you go. So, yeah. uh, Really, really good overall. Just as minor things. Okay, and now to movie feature, Top Gun Maverick. It's time for me to... I, I will admit I was wrong. I was totally, completely, absolutely wrong. I I like Tom Cruise. I like Tom Cruise movies. They're good. You know, when when you there's a Tom Cruise movie, you know it's going to be good. It is it great? Is it no? You know it it's going to be a good action movie. But when I when I heard it's like Top Gun Maverick, I was like, okay, cool. I liked original Top Gun. You know, I I love Val Kilmer. And, you know, it was, it was a good movie. Do I watch it all the time? No. When was the last time I watched it before just recently? No idea. I can't even remember the last time I watched it. I mean, maybe 80s, 90s. I don't know. And then when I heard about the like the early reviews for Top Gun Maverick, that it was like a 90-some percent of Rotten Tomato, and it got a six-minute standing ovation at, at Cannes. It is cans, right? Cans. cans? I never, I, I thought I knew what, how you said it. Anyways, I was like, what? Six minutes. Is it just because Tom Cruise was there and they're like, okay, he's here. Uh, yeah. Yay. Hooray, Tom Cruise. And I was like, it's, it's a Top Gun sequel. It's like, it does. Okay. It's just, it's Top Gun. Top Gun was good. It's just a sequel. It's fighting and pl- flying in jets. How could that be? And then uh, there is a, so I was, I was going to watch it. I was, you know, because of course I'm going to watch it. And I usually I go to Thursday nights, but I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go Thursday night because <laughs> I, I um, pat on my back. I got a, a, a teacher award and there was a ceremony was, was Thursday. So yay me. Anyways. So I was like, oh, I got to go to this little ceremony thing. And I don't know if I'm going to make it in time. And, you know, it's like, I guess I could maybe try going like a nine o'clock show. I, you know, definitely could maybe make a seven o'clock. So it was a, the, the thing was at, at four. It was actually 4.30. supposed to be there at four. So I was like, I could probably make it. That's going to stink because, you know, it's going to be so late for me. And then there was a Tuesday night showing, the Tuesday the 24th. And I was like, I was like oh, you know, Top Gun Tuesday. What, what's this early? Re- I was like, 20 bucks a ticket? Actually, I think it was like $18. And I was like, oh, man. And that was my birthday. So then I asked my daughter, I was like, hey, do you want to go see Top the new Top Gun on my birthday? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, really? <laughs> so she hadn't seen the first one. So we, we watched the first one uh, the, like the week before. And, um, you, you know, she's not the biggest Tom Cruise fan. Uh, you know, my her her mother is not the biggest Tom Cruise fan, so we you know, we were watching it. But but you know, my wife she she loved Val Kilmer and you know back then and everything as well. So we're watching the movie, and uh, <laughs> you know, there's no spoilers. There's a one really big sad part in the first Top Gun movie, <laughs> and then it's like the next scene. Tom Cruise is standing in the in the bathroom in his tidy whities. <laughs> the three of us just started cracking up. 
Anyways, and I asked her, because, you know, Tom Cruise is just, like, so arrogant because he's young, he's cocky and everything. You know, he's this hot shot pilot. So, yeah, he you know he has reason to be cocky and stuff like that. But he's just, he's a little, little over the top, a little annoying, you know, just a little, very Tom Cruise-y. And so I asked my daughter after, I was like, so what'd you, what'd you think of Top Gun? Like, on a 1 to 10, what would you say? She's like, eh, I'd probably give it like a 5 for what it was. And I was like, okay. And then it came to the movie. So we went there. So it, like I said, it was a special Top Gun Tuesday, you know, early access. We, we got like a mini poster and a, a, a pin, you know, limited edition, whatever, pin of like the helmet and, you know, Maverick and whatever. So that was cool. And, 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 you know, she, she bought me an icy, which was very sweet of her. I was like, no, you're not going to. And she's like, it's birthday. You know, we, we, I, I actually didn't get popcorn because we, we had dinner before. So we watched it and oh my goodness, it was so good. <laughs> you know, Jennifer Connelly was in it too. That, that was, that was nice. I, I really like her. And, uh, you know, you know, Miles Teller, he's a good actor. I'm not, I can't say I was like, like a huge, like, oh, Miles Teller's in the, you know, he's, he's been good in, in what I've seen. I haven't seen all his movies, but he was really good in the movie. Everyone was, was really good in the movie. So wh- I was just like, holy crap. Cause the movie, and you know, like there's, there's like a message at the beginning. Actually, you know, I should back up. You know, we, we get to see like some of the stuff, the premiere and they did this whole thing for like the U S Navy in San Diego. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was kind of nice that they showed this movie for them. And, you know, it's a little cheesy because they're like, oh, we, you know, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't, we wouldn't make this movie. This is for you. It's like, no, it's not. You're making this movie for Hollywood and, and make money. Whatever. Maybe part of it, maybe inspiration. I don't know. So it was, it was nice to see that. And, you know, then there's a message from Tom Cruise. He's like, oh, thank you for coming to this. And, you know, this is the way it should be seen on the big screen. And part of me, because I know, I know, I'm pretty sure he said this before. And I'm like, you want people to see it on a big screen because you want people to go see it in a theater and add to the box office revenue. So you can say, this is a blockbuster movie, blah, blah, blah. Having seen it in a big theater, like a big screen, yeah, it needs to be seen in a big screen. It deserves to be seen in a big screen. Oh my goodness. When those, like, you start the jets, you just, you feel the rumbling. And, and you know, as we're watching, it's like, how did they, the way they take off, like, you know, it's like, oh, what? and then the flying, the movement, and just everything. It's just so it, it, there's a lot of spectacles to see. Just with the, the you, so you want to get that sound, you want to just get the huge visuals, just to see everything, and the planes flipping and flying, all coming so close, and uh, so so the visuals and everything, superb. And and then the the story, you know, I I feel like I'm kind of jumping ahead or whatever, but. It keeps you on edge. You know, there's there's a lot of emotion, you know, because there's still a lot of, of what happened in, in Top Gun. You know, uh, Maverick is still carrying this, you know, pain and, and, you know, he still blames himself, even though it wasn't his fault. And then, you know, you got Miles Teller's character who, you know, of course, is blaming him. And then there's like other asp- other layers, other levels as to why there's this tension between them, because, you know, other things have happened and. It's just, you know, make things a little awkward and stuff like that. And John Hamm, I love John Hamm. And, you know, he was great in here. You know, he didn't have a huge role, but... And even Ed Harris. Ed Harris had a way smaller role, but he was good. Uh, so it was just, you know, there's a lot of suspense. There's tension. There's emotion. And, and again, the tension. Just as, I know I, I know I said that. I literally I know I, I said that. But just so much tension and suspense. It just keeps you on the edge of your seat. And, you know, at one point, it's like, wait, are they going to... that? Did that actually happen? So, oh, overall, I mean, it's, I was blown away. I was just like, wow, 
I can't believe how much I like this movie. It was really good. I don't know if it's better than Vanilla Sky. That's like my all-time favorite Tom Cruise movie. Just, I love the soundtrack. And, I, I, and be, why do I love Vanilla Sky so much? Because the the trippy mind f you know it just messes you with you. you know, I I just I love that stuff for, for whatever reason. But this was just really good. I was just really impressed, and and I highly highly encourage people to go see it. What is the movie about? I mean, do I really need to go into what it's about? I mean, I definitely don't want to spoil things, but you see, you know, Tom Cruise 30 years, 30, 40 years later, whatever, and he's still doing his stuff. You know, he's working at the beginning. He's like in this test plane and, you know, he's got his, I don't know what exactly what he's doing, but, you know, he's working this little thing and trying to push the plane. And of course, you know, he does, he breaks rules and he does what he's going to do and everything like that. But just the way that was presented, I mean, you really feel it and see it, and so it they it was they did a good job with with, with all that. But then what ends up happening is so even though you know Tom Cruise, of course, you know, pushes things, breaks some rules, he gets called back to Top Gun, and they need him to instruct. And he's like, so we find out, you know, what has he been doing all this time? We we find a little bit that you know he tried, you know, being an instructor. It wasn't that's not him, and he's still. I said, I don't want to say too much about like what his rank is and, and stuff like that. We find out that Iceman has, has rose through the ranks because, you know, he is about what you're supposed to do, I guess, and everything. So, you know, there's a lot of times where he's kind of bailed Tom Cruise out and in, in different things. So, you know, it, it's good to know that they've had that friend friendship that they formed after at the end of the, the first movie, but he gets called because they need him to, train the others you know because he's he's the best of the best or whatever and uh basically what 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 is happening is a situation has come up and they need to they need some pilots to go on this crazy mission they have to like fly under the radar and go through like windy you know treacherous path or whatever because they're below radar did i say that on yeah under the radar and you know high speeds and it's it's just it's like impossible and it's even you know one of the things that, that comes up is like, are, are they going to be able to make it out? And, you know, that's one of the things that when, when they, they tell Maverick that he's like, wait, what's our, our return plan or whatever. So, you know, he's really trying to push them and, you know, you have all these hotshot pilots that they're, they're there to compete. Like who's going to be like the, the two slots. Cause you know, you're gonna have your two pilots plus their navigator, co-pilot, whatever. And one of them happens to be Miles Teller. And, you know, there's that tension, but, you know, he's, you know, so, you, you, you know, he's, he's good. So you, you have that stuff going on. And, you know, part of it is, you know, they do, they trust Tom, you know, they, they know Maverick. They, you know, he has got this reputation. Cause like when they first see him, they're like, oh man. But, and, and you know, there, there's just plenty of time to, to show off and show skills and do training and different, you know, this and that and team building, bonding and, and you know Jennifer Connelly's role in and you know and so there the movie has a lot of everything and I think they just did a really good job now if I sit back and say oh now let me really think about it and process it you know how was the story really that great was there anything that was too cliche or predictable or dis- but it's like who cares it was it was a, a good movie it had a, a good setup good premise how realistic is that I don't know I don't really care so there is just uh, it had a lot of of I think what you would want in this movie. 
So bravo to them. And like I said, I I was completely you know impressed. I I and, and again, I will fully admit I was wrong. I was like, yeah, it's probably going to be a good movie. It's probably gonna be like it is what it is, but I loved it. It was great. And you know, I don't know if there's really much else for me to say because you know, I'm not going to talk about specifics of the mission or how this happened or whatever. Uh, it did, I think, 19.7 million from the the Tuesday and Thursday nights. I think, I guess that's good. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, that is good because you know, some, some movies that's all they make in opening weekend. The budget was 170 million, and it looks like it's now at a 97 percent on Rotten Tomato. So people like it. I mean, I mean that that that's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's. You know, it's not, I don't even wouldn't say it's an Academy Award. You know, it's it's not a work of art, but it's just, it's so good. And just the visuals and everything. And you just look at it and you're like, holy crap. And just, you know, the way they fly and so close and this, you know, just like the the training things and you just, the, the, the dangers of it. Flying into the danger zone, I guess. <laughs> so anyway, I, there, there's really nothing else for me to say. Uh it's good. It's it's definitely worth seeing. I, I know some people are still like, well, I'm not going to theater. You know, I'll wait till it's it's streaming, and it's probably not going to be streaming. It's I get, it's pretty sure it's going to be on Paramount Plus. I don't know if it's going to be a because I I heard that like HBO and Netflix or some you know people were, were like trying were bidding like trying to get streaming rights to that, and you know they're adamant it's like it's not streaming anywhere. It's only going to be in theaters for 45 days. So I think I guess you have to wait forty five, less than forty five days now. By the time you listen to this, and then it'll be on Paramount Plus. But like I said, it's definitely worth seeing on big screen. Do not watch this on a phone. Do not watch it on your tablet. Try not to watch it on TV unless you have like a really massive, you know, nice TV and sound system. It's it's worth seeing in a theater. And, and I'm, I'm glad that's why I paid extra plus, you know, pay for my ticket, my daughter's ticket. It's, it was worth it. Well, maybe, I guess, <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed it. So I think it's, it's worth saying I, I was blown away. I'm completely, absolutely wrong and thinking that it was just going to be like a mediocre, just, just your typical Tom Cruise movie. So you should see it. And that's all I have to say. So I, I think that's going to be it for this week. So big thanks to David McPhail and Andrew Loken. They are big supporters of the show. They are my personal heroes. Uh, you can be my hero by going to patreon.com slash gmanfromheck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. Currently, I just started talking about New Teen Titans from 1980 by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. So it's really, you know, I'm still just gutted about George Perez's death. I mean, it's just tragic. Um, so you can hear about the, the, that. But if you can't commit to monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash heck. You can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or three. That is ko-fi.com slash heck. As far as next week, I think I mentioned earlier, I don't know what if there's going to be a, a big movie feature or not. I'm going to try to see Men, the A24 movie that I was supposed to see last week. It ended up not happening. So maybe I'll see that. And um, I'm going to do my best to try to watch all seven episodes of Stranger Things Season 4. We'll see if that happens. And then I realize I'm going to have to try to 
condense. I mean, so so maybe I'll try watching them all, but maybe just kind of kind of do some like uh, recaps, blow by blow over the first you know half of the season because you know I don't want to. I mean, I could. I know I I spoil all the shows, and to say that's the thing. If it was week to week, I would talk about it for seven weeks or six weeks if they did, you know, drop the first two or even five weeks. But it's going to be like one week and then that's it. So, you know, I, I debated talking about some of it this week and some next week. But I think because there may not be a movie feature, I'll just save it all for, for next week. And that gives me a chance, gives you a chance to try to watch it all before that happens. Because then after next week, I mean, that's kind of pushing it. No one's going to be talking about it after that because everyone probably will have watched it by then, which that's just how it goes. Uh, and then as far as what else is coming on? So I know Superman and Lois is back. I feel like a oh, uh, man who fell to earth is supposed to is back. I think it was back the last weekend. Um, I feel like there was something else starting up and I don't know why I'm drawing such a blank, but it'll probably be like, Oh man, I need to watch that. Uh, Flash isn't on for a couple weeks, so there'll be plenty to talk about, but I feel like there's something else. I just, I noticed when I was watching, when I started watching uh, Stranger Things that Ghost in the Shell, that animated series, the second season's out. The first season was okay, and I don't think I'm going to, I don't, I'm not going to have time right now. If it came out in like a week or two, you know, after school, I could probably, you know, do it, but I, I feel like it's going to be too late now. So that'll probably be good. Um, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're ready for the summer. I'm almost there, just trying to make it. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're taking care of yourself and others. I hope you're finding time to do something enjoyable. And I hope you remember to be good to each other.